Blog Talk Radio. From the House of Representatives, the 59th Congress, Second Session, Citizenship of the United States, Expatriation, and Protection Abroad, Letter from the Secretary of State, Submitting Report on the Subject of Citizenship, Expatriation, and the Protection Abroad. Page 459, Section Morocco. Morocco. Sir, there are strictly speaking no Moroccan laws relating to the citizenship of Moorish subjects in Morocco. The fundamental laws of this non-Christian country are based entirely upon the Islamic code, no part of which treats of the subject of citizenship. Page 460. There are, however, numerous treaties and conventions between the various Christian countries and the Moorish Empire, by means of which citizenship in this country is defined. But, as I understand, from the above acknowledged instructions, that it is not the desire of the Department to call for a report upon such lines, I will therefore confine these remarks to general conditions existing, which may possibly be of some use in connection with the information desired. Section 1. Citizenship in Morocco may be said to be governed by the laws pertaining to the same in other countries, with the exception that all persons residing in Morocco who cannot prove foreign citizenship or protection are considered ipso juer as Moorish subjects. 2 and 3. Moorish subjects lost their nationality only by becoming naturalized in or protected by another country having treaty relations with the Moorish Empire. It was established by the Convention of Madrid, concluded July 3rd, 1880, as follows. Article 15. Any subject of Morocco who has been naturalized in a foreign country and who shall return to Morocco shall, after having remained for a length of time equal to that which shall have been regularly necessary for him to obtain such naturalization, choose between entire submission to the laws of the empire and the obligation to quit Morocco unless it shall be proved that his naturalization in a foreign country was obtained with the consent of the government of Morocco. Foreign naturalization heretofore acquired by subjects of Morocco according to the rules established by the laws of each country shall be continued to head them as regards all its effects without any restriction. The above ruling has never yet been acted upon and should this at any time be contemplated seriously a large number of naturalized people American and others residing in Morocco would be affected thereby. 4 and 5. 
residence in foreign parts does not affect the nationality of Moorish subjects, and the Moorish government has no means of protecting its subjects permanently residing in other countries, with the exception of a so-called Moorish consul at Gibraltar and a Moorish agent at Cairo, Egypt. I am ETC Hoffman Philip. Google United States Code Title 22, Chapter 2, Section 141. Consular Courts. Act August 1st. 1956. Repealed sections 141 to 143, effective upon the date which the President determined to be appropriate for the relinquishment of jurisdiction of the United States in Morocco. Jurisdiction of the United States in Morocco was relinquished by memorandum of President Eisenhower dated September 15, 1956. Notice was given to Morocco on October 6, 1956 and all pending cases were disposed of by 1960. See Bulletin of the State Department, Volume 35, colon 909, page 844. Sections 141, R.S. Sections 4083, 4,125, 4,126, 4,127, Act June 14, 1878, Chapter 193, 20, Statute 131, related to judicial authority generally of ministers and consuls of United States in China, Siam, Turkey, Morocco, Muscat, Abyssinia, Persia, and territories formerly part of the Ottoman Empire, including Egypt. This is uh, Bashar, and he also knows that North America, or the America, North America is known as Al Maghreb Al Aqsa. Of course. I know that. North America was known as Al Maghreb Al Aqsa, and it reported to the Sultan of Morocco and there was a relation this is why I needed to ask you what's the relation between the first you know colonials and the uh, uh, governors of Morocco because they con con communicated because in on paper it was part of greater Morocco that's the, known that's known but I, I, I need and Bashar's to know from Jordan yes Palestinian. Yes. And he Palestinian, Jordanian, Arab, Canadian. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs>
if you not touch down, you will lose. So therefore, listen good what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. A man that do not know his own identity, when he is giving one, he will simply believe. Mm -hmm. He will simply believe what he's not. You're right. So therefore, you will act as a stranger to your own identity. Because you only believe on somebody after you that. Yeah. So you act opposite to truly what you are. Yeah. Do you think do you think it's more pressure because of the economic power, I guess, the European have put the laws on so they just believe, hey, it's and that that's that's what it is. We're we're no we're blacks now. We're blacks. Like does that make sense? That like, you're just a color. You have no, no that, nationality, no, you have that, no history. That's, that's my point. If you was not starting now and you have to understand another to to to, to I would say not a lie because everybody lies, that is a thing of life, but uh, um, I often say that is uh, deceived. Mm -hmm. to, deceive, to deceive one, you have to replace, to take one thing out and replace it by another. Yeah, therefore okay. The blind, so the black is the black. So therefore, they just is your black, but they don't realize, no, they stole your identity from you. So therefore, you might not know who you are. Yeah. So you just give your color black, black, what the yeah. heck is black? Yeah, because what we're trying to tell them, like, a lot of the things that are going on with our people with injustice is because of the system and what they call themselves and what they recognize themselves. They don't, they don't have any law. They don't, there's no law for, for black people in this country. Like, you're not even supposed to be a part of this country. So, therefore, what nation are you from? You see? But, you, like you said, you know, when you take your history, you know. People will say, well, big deal. So, what, why is history important at all? History is extremely important. Imagine if, if I could take from each one of you as an individual everything you knew about your life up to last week and just erase it. Where would you be? You, you'd be lost. You, you'd be incompetent. You wouldn't know how to plan for the future. And you do the same thing with a people. If you erase their history or you don't tell enough about their past, they also become incompetent and they can't fulfill the future. And that's why a lot of people in the black community have felt, well, how come all of the dreams of the civil rights movement aren't yet fulfilled? And one reason is because this history is still suppressed. It still isn't taught. But there's been a recent discovery which is going to blow the lid off of all that. And that's what I'm going to talk about. You've had four of these major impacts that the black people have made to the Americas, not only before Columbus was born, but before even Spain or Italy existed. That's, that's the kind of, of roots that are in this country. And by knowing that, and the more you know about it, it's an empowerment. You're, you're really rude. You have got a heritage which is more than slavery. Sure, there was slavery, but that's not all. That's a small part of it. Long before that, there's a heritage of kings, seafarers, religious missionaries, and they were all here. But it happened so long ago, there's just so little of it left. But some adults have difficulty handling that. What connects it up is even the word more, because it's pronounced differently in different parts, of, even of Africa. And they call themselves more, mu, mur. There's all variations of that, so they, even the name mur. And individuals are missing the point. What conversation stop it? I'm a mole got sense enough to know I'm a Moor, and ain't gonna never argue with you that I'm not a Moor, and wouldn't come in your house or come among you and say I'm a Moor if I didn't feel in my heart, in my mind, in my soul that I am. If you don't understand that, get that together, real quick. And recognize how you've been miseducated, not just by Europeans, but by your own. 
These people know that you're not black. They don't doubt it. They know that you're not black. And they know that you're Moors. And that, in fact, this is our land. So beginning with that premise, whether you're more or not more, I'm going to start with what law really is. Most of us think that we go into a courtroom and understand the difference between a court and a courtroom, that uh, the people who purport to use law really use words of art to make you believe, in fact, that law is uh, on the table when you walk into a courthouse or a courtroom, when in fact that's not true. And I would like to share with you tonight, regardless of your religious persuasion, what law really is. Law, and as Muslims would say, all law, is A-L-L space L-A-W, all law, all law. So for anyone who's of a Christian persuasion, don't be misled and when you hear the term all law, all law is God, all right, that is also what we would say in lawful terms, a misnomer. All law is not God. God has no capacity and no standing to all law. Because God means governmental ordinance departments. There is no comparison. Now, who can use law? Law can only be used by people who are in their sovereign capacity. And I was, as I will share with you tonight, the majority of the people in the world, and I'm not going to get into all of the details about that, but the majority of the people in the world, 99% of them live in slavery today. So in 1863, via the Emancipation Proclamation, and I challenge you to go look in a law dictionary and look up the definition of emancipation and proclamation, and you will see that a proclamation is not a law. A proclamation is a public announcement by elected officials. It is not a law. So the Emancipation Proclamation of 1863 did not set any slaves free. What it did was standardize slavery, the United States being the model for the standardization of slavery, that all of the other nations around the world, as they reduced their people from their sovereign capacity and forced them to join nation states, then they were able to issue statute, codes, ordinances, resolutions on them. And a statute, as in a state statute of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, is not a law. It is corporate policy of the corporation that calls itself the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania Incorporated. All right? Now, a code is not a law. The United States codes, the code of the laws of the United States of America that are used in federal court and the Supreme Court are not law. They are what they say they are. They are codes, ordinances, and resolutions of a municipality of the city of Philadelphia, which is a private, nonprofit corporation that calls itself the city of Philadelphia, an ordinance and a resolution as in parking ordinances, they are not law. They are what they say they are. They are ordinances and they are resolutions. All right? And the reason they are not law is because 
The only people who can issue law are people who are acting in their sovereign capacity. And the people who sit in these seats as elected officials are not, in fact, in their sovereign capacity. They are in a corporate ward status, meaning that they are wards of the state. They are members of the corporation, which is a nonprofit, that calls itself the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And as long as they have a birth certificate on record with the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, with that birth certificate being a contract, a birth certificate is a contract, and as long as you have a contract with the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania Incorporated, you belong to them, and that's what slavery really is. Right? So who can use law? If you are a member of a corporate ward state, if you are a member of a corporate ward nation that calls itself the United States of America, you are a citizen. Look in the law dictionary and look up the definition of citizen. A citizen is not a sovereign. A resident is not a sovereign. Therefore, if you use an address, which is a fictitious number associated with a designation issued by a corporate ward, right, then you become under the jurisdiction of those people who are also corporate wards but who are also slaveholders, all right? So if you are operating in that capacity, law does not apply to you. If you are a resident of the city of Philadelphia, which is a private, nonprofit corporation, and you say you are a resident of the city of Philadelphia, then the ordinances and the resolutions of that private, nonprofit corporation apply to you. If you are a citizen of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania Incorporated, which is a private, nonprofit corporation, then the Statutes of that nonprofit corporation apply to you. If you are a citizen of the United States of America, which is a private nonprofit corporation, then the code of the laws, right, apply to you. But if you are a sovereign of the Moorish Empire, those ordinances, those resolutions, those codes, those statutes do not apply to you because you are not a member of the corporate ward state. It's as simple as that. And they understand the difference. This is why on their documents they use words of art. They use the word label. They use the word person. They use the word address. All of these things that place you in their jurisdiction and you unknowingly fill out forms every day. And every time you fill out a form, you enter into a contract. I don't care what kind of form it is. It's a contract. A driver's license application is a contract. A social security application is a contract. When you call up the telephone company and you make a verbal contract over the telephone, this is why they can bill you. When you sign a deed, it is a contract. When you fill out a voter registration form, it is a contract. Does everybody understand that? Don't ever think. Every, anything that you put your signature on becomes a contract. All right? Now, the fact that you are not in your sovereign status means that you make a contract as a minor. They don't care. They know you are a minor because... And, and to be other than a minor, you have to be in your proper person at law. 
And how we write that is this. Can you bear with me for a minute and let me put this on because uh, I can't. Can y'all see that? Impropria persona. Impropria persona. When you are in your corporate ward status, you look like this to the court. Pro se. Pro se meaning they get you in the court and they bring someone in called a got that? Pro se cuter, a prosecutor, because you're in a corporate board status. Now, if you're in appropriate persona, say in their criminal allegations, the prosecutor cannot come into the courtroom and say anything to you because you're not in pro se status. Makes sense, right? The issues of law, the issues of law are threefold. The issues of law are status, jurisdiction, and adjudication. The first thing that happens when you walk into a courtroom in your corporate ward status is that they already make the assumption that you are a ward of the state and that you don't know any better. So they immediately start adjudicating you. As much, the first thing that happens when we walk into a courtroom is that we place our status on the record. On the record. We come in with our flag. We come in with our treaty, we come in with the Constitution, we sign with them, and understanding that the Constitution is a contract. It's You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L., where remedy meets preparation. You see, there are two kinds of law. This is a subject I, I love. I've been talking, talking about this for years. There are two kinds of law on the earth that rule the whole world. But most people don't know that. All over the world, all governments are ruled by what is called civil law. Civil law goes back to a Latin word, civili, which goes back to the word illi. Oh God, I mean, you go on for hours on this stuff. Civil law, which is called in all countries the law of the land. So you'll say, well, you can't do that because that's against the law of the land. The law of the land is civil law, Roman civil law, the law of the land. But there is a second law which also operates all over the earth identical. It's called UCC, Uniform Commercial Code. That is the law of God in the world of business. I don't care if you're in Japan, in Africa, in China, in, in Istanbul, Turkey. If you have a company, if you have a corporation, if you are doing business where you buy and sell and make money, you are operating on this earth under something called UCC, 
uniform commercial code. Because if all countries worked on a different commercial code, then nobody could do business with anybody. You couldn't trust Japan to pay you. you Japan couldn't trust America to pay them for the cars. Because everybody has their own laws. Uh-uh. Under the Caesars of Rome, they established under Caesar that all nations in the empire that do business, everybody plays on a, on a level field. If you do business in Africa with China, you pay them. And if Africa does uh, uh, business with American companies, you pay them. You pay. Whatever it is you're doing business, you don't mess around. The most severe law in this world is called UCC, Uniform Commercial Code. It's the Bible of business on the earth. Uniform Commercial Code. Uniform Commercial Code is based directly on Vatican canon law on the Roman canon law. Consequently, when a ship pulls into port, it pulls in and stops and it's called in its berth. The ship is now in its berth. Because it is on the law of the high seas or commercial maritime, UCC commercial law rules the seas. So when the ship pulls into its berth, the first thing that the captain must do is to present a certificate of manifest to the port authorities, which means that the port authorities need to know how much is on this ship that you're bringing into our country and our economy. How many TVs, how many cars, uh, whatever you're bringing, how much are you bringing into our economy. So you have to have a certificate of manifest of what is the value of your ship here. What are you doing? Consequently, when you are born, you come out of your mother's water Therefore, you must have a birth certificate, a certificate of manifest, because you are a corporation-owned item. You are a human resource. This goes back to the German Nazi concept that every human coming out of their mother's water must be birthed. And therefore, you have to have a certificate of manifest to see how much this individual is going to make for us in our new world order. I'm telling you that until you understand the laws, the symbols, the emblems, what these words mean, you're never going to suspect how far gone we really are. Did you know, for instance, that your birth certificate is a security on the stock exchange in the New York stock market? Did you know that? Because if you order your birth certificate, Get a new one, order your birth certificate, it'll only cost you, sometimes it's free, it'll only, only cost you a few dollars, order your birth certificate. On your birth certificate, all birth certificates in this country, on the bottom, it will tell you, this is printed on security papers. Do not accept, if not on full color security paper. Then on the right hand corner, you will always have a series of numbers, red numbers, printed on the, on the birth certificate. Those numbers are a security stock exchange number on the world stock exchange. You go to any good stock office and ask them, check these numbers in your computer and see how much this stock is worth, the certificate. And they will check it on the New York Stock Exchange and find you, your birth certificate, is a stock on the stock exchange in America. Why? Because you are worth money to the international bank that bought you in 1930. We need to wake up. This is serious stuff.
has the burden of establishing a basel versus U.S. power-like like company. Courts enforcing their statutes do not act judicially, but merely ministerially. Thus, no judicial immunity and unlike courts of law do not attain jurisdiction by service of process, nor even arrest, and compelled appearance. I'm here by way of threat, arrest, coercion. I'm going to make that clear for the record every time I have to appear, if I have to appear. The only reason I'm appearing here is by way of your threat, arrest, coercion, or your company's threat, arrest, coercion. You can read me, let me interrupt you please. You can okay. read me this until the cows come home. You can read it ad nauseum and ad infinitum. It doesn't change the fact that until the issue is brought appropriately before this court, no ruling with regard to jurisdiction is ever going to be made. Now let me ask you this question though. In the other matter, oh, first of all, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Um, in, in the, uh, let me get the correct number out here because we now have two numbers. In the case with indictment number 08-04-0441, which is the one in which Cheyenne M. Kushamirel is also involved, I have severed those matters. So they will be on completely separate tracks. But uh, he told me that he had filed a notice of removal to the federal court. And my question to you is, have you filed a notice of removal to federal court with regard to any of these matters? Yes, ma'am. Notice of removal has been them? filed all of them? regarding all, all the matters. Three, the three matters? Yes, the three okay. matters that uh, you uh, Can I ask you, please, you tell me, when did you file this? They were filed last night, FedEx. To the federal FedEx, court? To the federal court. All right. Yes. Uh, now, as I am sure you are aware, if the court accepts them, then we will simply transfer them to the federal court. We won't deal with them anymore. Okay. Well, I'm still sure you're aware of the matter that you've not proven jurisdiction in either of the hearings and that you've avoided addressing the issue of jurisdiction. And I will continue to not address the issue of jurisdiction until the appropriate motion is filed with the court and the court has the ability to address it and make a determination with regard to it. And, and Judge, if I could just comment, that, that's the issue at hand. As currently stands, we are representing... Objection. <laughs> You're not representing me. Therefore, it would be our responsibility to file that motion. Given the fact that you will not cooperate with our office, it's impossible for us to do that. Objection. We really need to well, reach the issue. I do, I, I, I want to get back to what Mr. Uh, I, I do want to get back to what Amir KCL said. Now, we addressed the issue to some extent with regard to the indictments. I have here for you, and the record will reflect, that I am giving you a copy of the indictment that has 08-07-0727 and also 08-04-0441. Objection. Uh, just for the record, the Office of Public Defense is not representing me. We don't have any power of attorney for me, and uh, I'm not part of your society, so you cannot represent me, and we do not share nationalities. Okay, now, for the record, Mr. Uh, I need the nationality of every agent in here, and I need the name and the information, because I'm suing everybody. Mr. Kramer. Everybody. So I need everybody's names and your position, Excuse starting me. with you, Excuse sir. Me. Who is calling out from the audience? I was, ma'am. No, you were not. Um, Who was, no, do not hand anything over. Nothing. 
In the audience, please do not call out while court is in session or the officer will ask you to leave. And Cheyenne M. Cushamirel, would you state your name for the record, please? Your attribute for the record, please. Cheyenne Matilda Cushamirel, on behalf of the Marrakesh Empire Aboriginal Law. All right. I want to ask you a couple of questions, please. Um, the first question I want to ask you is, are you employed? Uh, objection, ma'am. This hearing is supposed to be about jurisdiction. This court has no jurisdiction. The court has no jurisdiction to determine its own jurisdiction for a basic issue in any case before a tribunal. Well, if I have no jurisdiction to determine my own jurisdiction, how are you going to get that issue resolved? Listen, this, ca this case in this courtroom is a culpable, incompetent court of jurisdiction. You can't, according to federal case law, you can't set another hearing to reach and determine your own jurisdiction. As I've stated for the record plenty of times, I'm only having threat to rest and coercion and because the prosecution falsely holds my property and I'm here to clarify that matter. Other than that, I'm here under threat to rest and coercion. It is completely against federal case law. It has power to act and the court must have the authority to decide that question in the first instance. That's Rescue Army versus Municipal Court of Los Angeles. A departure by a court from the recognized and established requirements of law, however close apparent adherence to mere form and method of procedure, which has the effect of depriving one of a constitutional right, is an excess of jurisdiction. You have the flag right behind you, ma'am. May I interrupt you for a moment? You may not, ma'am. Then would you, would you, when you're done speaking, would you let me know so that I can ask the question? I'm, I'm, I'm not obligated to answer any questions, so I have no intentions of answering any question. Well, I'll ask it anyway, and then I'll ask it anyway, and you can decide what you want to say. Uh, thus, where a judicial tribunal has no jurisdiction of the subject matter on which it assumes to act, its proceedings are absolutely void in the fullest sense of the term, Dillon versus Dillon. Uh, courts enforcing mere statutes, as it is to my understanding, that this is a statute, not a constitutional violation of law. In fact, one of the hearings I had with you, you said people are not charged with constitutional violations. I don't understand how you could be enforcing statutes and you have to constitute the U.S. flag behind you, as if you don't say you hadn't taken the oath to uphold the Constitution. Courts enforcing their statutes do not act judicially, but merely ministerially. Thus, no judicial immunity, and unlike courts of law, do not obtain jurisdiction by service of process, nor even arrest and compel the parents. Boswell versus Otis. I've been here three or four times on the threat to arrest and coercion. Prosecution doesn't even have Otis in front of him. He has no objections. He has nothing to say. He cannot prove jurisdiction. This court should have been dismissed this case. This is a colorable court of incompetent jurisdiction. The fact that petitioner was released on a promise to appear, before a magistrate, for an arraignment, that fact is circumstance to be considered in determining whether the first instance there was a probable cause for the arrest, Monroe versus Popper. There's no discretion to ignore the lack of jurisdiction. Court must prove on rec all the record, all jurisdiction facts related to the jurisdiction asserted. A universal principle, as old as the law, is that proceedings of a court without jurisdiction are a nullity and its judgment there without effect either on person or property. This case has already been put before the federal court and you will be receiving a notice of removal very shortly. This court has no jurisdiction. Prosecution can't prove jurisdiction. This case uh, shall be dismissed and it will. 
Did you file a notice of removal with the federal court? Yes, you will be receiving it shortly. Alright. Um, when I receive it, I will run it. This is my question to you, however. Are you employed? I'm not employed. I'm not employed with any uh, 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 corporations uh, incorporated with the state of New Jersey. Are you, are you employed with any corporation that's incorporated outside of the state? Objection. I'm not, I'm not here to answer questions about uh, my employment. Uh, I, last time I was made aware of this was supposed to be about whether this court has jurisdiction, and clearly it doesn't. Uh, a question about employment has nothing to do with whether this court has jurisdiction, so I'm not obligated to answer those questions. No, I shall not be answering any anymore those questions that are not pertaining to jurisdictional facts. Well, this is my question to you. I asked it before. If you, if your position is that this court has no jurisdiction to determine its own jurisdiction, objection, man. That is not my ruling. That is not my holding. I've, I've given you the federal case law regarding such. And maybe you can take some time out that you need to do to uh, to recheck that. But that's what the case law says. Not what I said. Well, I do have jurisdiction over you. Number one, you're here in my courtroom. Objection, ma'am. You do not have jurisdiction over me. I'm here by way of threat, duress, and coercion. The federal case law stipulates already that compelled uh, appearance and arrest warrants doesn't give uh, uh, a minister acting ministerially and not judicially enforcing their statute's jurisdiction. That's in incorrect and false. You do not have jurisdiction because I'm here. You told me before when I was here that you would lock me up if I didn't come, which was threat to rest and coercion. I think that you misstate what I told you. Objection, ma'am. I have not misstated. I have the videos. I have it on repeat 24-7. I've seen you say I don't recall that I said I would lock you up. Oh, well, objection, okay. ma'am. That's on the record. Well, you can object all that you want, sir. And I will continue to have a difference of opinion about that. All right. Well, we'll continue with today's proceedings then. And I certainly appreciate the courtesy that you extend to me. All right, Mr. Walker, I know that you are here. Yes, you wish sir. to be heard, sir? Your Honor, I have uh, Kevin Walker appearing on behalf of the Office of the Public Defender. Uh, we did uh, receive after the last uh, hearing a court order directing the Office of the Public Defender to uh, represent uh, this uh, defendant. Did file a motion for reconsideration, noting that uh, there has been no indigency uh, determination, which is uh, an essential component of uh, our appointment. So I would ask uh, respectfully that uh, an indigency determination be made uh, at this time, and absent that earlier order directing the defendant be vacated. All right, thank you. Do you wish to be heard on the issue, Mr. Luciano? I don't, Judge. All right. I have inquired of Cheyenne Mutata Kushimurel concerning his employment. He tells me he is not employed in the state of New Jersey by any corporation, and therefore I determine that he does not have the present ability to pay for counsel to proceed in this matter. Objection, ma'am. Uh, I, don't, I don't know this gentleman. Uh, I haven't made any contracts with the public defender's office. Uh, I don't know what that was an attempt to do, but he does not have the authority to speak for me. Uh, so I would appreciate it if any uh, non-identified parties are determining to act on my behalf. First, fill out an IRS form 56 and notify the IRS that they're acting in some sort of fiduciary capacity. All right. Let's talk about the issue of, uh, Mr. Walker, I want to talk about the issue of jurisdiction. One of the issues that has been raised in this case and has been raised over and over again that really needs to be determined before we can proceed with it is with regard to jurisdiction. I have received, it was filed with the court 
It was received in my chambers on January 7th. I'm not exactly sure if it was filed downstairs on a different day. Something that has been entitled a non-negotiable affidavit of fact to dismiss with prejudice for lack of personum jurisdiction, lack of discovery, and lack of an injured party. It purports to raise the issue before the court of lack of jurisdiction with regard to um, Cheyenne Mutata Kushimir L. Uh, despite what Cheyenne Mutata Kushimir L. says, this is not an application to the court to uh, dismiss anything with anything. There are certain ways, as you are aware, Mr. Walker, to bring issues before the court. Um, what we need to do is have the issue brought before the court properly by way of a notice of motion. I don't even know if Mr. Luciano got a copy of this, but certainly you know that any motion filed has to be served on the prosecutor. How much time does your office need in order to do that? And did you receive a copy of this? Judge, I have not received a copy of that, and uh, before I address that issue, I would respectfully request that uh, you inquire into this defendant's assets to see whether he has the present ability to retain private counsel. He tells me he isn't employed in, uh, by Objection. a corporation, so... Objection. This is obscene. Sir, I do this is a conversation I that I'm having with Mr. Walker, not with you. This is, this and the way you didn't want me man. to interrupt you, I would like you not to interrupt me or Mr. Walker. Objection. This man cannot speak for me, man. I haven't filled out any public defender's applications nor contracts to agree to that. You cannot force me against my consent to have someone who has I have no formal contract or agreement <coughs> with to uh, speak on my behalf. I'm a natural flesh and blood man. I don't what? have to have yes, ma'am. Oh, I do not have to have uh, an attorney at law. A colorable attorney at law, de facto attorney at law, uh, propose or purport to speak for me in any in, in any regards to these uh, matters at hand. March twenty third, sufficient time, Mr. Walker. I think so, Judge. All right. Then this matter shall be in hereby is continued until Monday, March twenty third, at nine o'clock. Objection, man. Uh, the notice of removal is already in. You will be receiving it today. So if I receive it before March 23rd at 9 a.m., I am aware of my obligations when a matter has been removed to federal court. If for some reason the federal court does not accept it or it's not properly filed or there's something else, that's the next day for this proceeding. Objection, man. I will not be participating in any more of these proceedings. Do what you want. I can do that. This is the only notice that I will give you of the proceeding on March 23rd at 9 o'clock in the morning. We don't send out letters reminding people. We simply expect that you will be here. Thank Judge, you very much. He will be contacted by uh, my office and we'll arrange uh, an interview with him in the office and he'll have to uh, sign in. Do you have his address? Uh, I, it's the only address I have is the, uh, the PO box. Objection. Right here. Objection. If you uh, attempt to contact me and negotiate any contracts with me, you will be getting sued in federal court too as well, sir. All right. Thank you very much. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. Nigga got dope. 
She wanna fuck, but I ain't got the time Take care of your kids, cause I'm proud of mine Bottom line, bottom line, I'm the man Bottom line, chain watches, they all bright But I still shine when I ain't got on mine Get the bag right, that's the bottom line Came to win, that's the bottom line She wanna fuck, but I ain't got the time Take care of your kids, cause I'm proud of mine Bottom line, bottom line, I'm the man Yeah, bottom line, you only tough when you got your gun I'm the same person when I'm not with mine I be the joint, but you are no pivot I do the talking, you do the listen Block is just clicking, pockets is different And I just had no pots to pissin'. How you high, but your pocket's over. Game over when I say it's over. Pull it over, pull it over. Bad bitch in the Range Rover. I might do all my sneakers. Just came from Costa Rica. You posted this fucker. Why did you cuff her? You wasn't supposed to keep her. On the checks, but my name right. Me and Jenna Jackson on the same flight. The plug gave me extra bricks, cause he know that I can't write. You can't bring around a wrist life. They start stealing when they next to shit. 40 Glock got an extra clip. In the bed with an extra bitch. It's just a view, it's just a view. The sky ain't the limit to me Always looking over my shoulder Before I get into my veins uh, Get the bag right, that's the bottom line Stay rich, that's the bottom line She wanna fuck, but I ain't got the time Take care of your kids, cause I'm proud of mine Bottom line, bottom line I'm the man, bottom line Chain watches, they all bright But I still shine when I ain't got on mine Get the bag right, that's the bottom line Came to win, that's the bottom line She wanna fuck, but I ain't got the time Take care of your kids, cause I'm proud of mine Bottom line, bottom line I'm the man, yeah, bottom line You only when you got your gun, I'm the same person when I'm not with mine I ain't have shit, but I made it work After we fuck, I made it twerk Open the trap in January Shit got rid of on May the 1st Came through his block in a Hellcat I am the shit that you smell at See, I am the shit that you smell at The street screaming, I rail back Bring me some salmon after the sushi This is the preview, here come the movie Hoping the law continue to bless me But I don't be wearing no goofies My body different, baby He'll end up missing, baby We starting these cars, we starting these cars No keys in the ignition, baby they dragging my name through the mud They saying that I'm money hungry I'm money hungry but I came for the love Plus I came with some thugs I'm on the boat drinking my ties How to ride by, I fly by Forgive me Lord, forgive me Lord But I gotta uh, die fly Get the bag Whoa. right, that's the bottom line Stay rich, that's the bottom line She wanna fuck but I ain't got the time Take care of your kids cause I'm proud of mine Bottom line, bottom line I'm the man, bottom line Chain watches, they all bright But I still shine when I ain't got a mind Get the bag right, that's the bottom line Came to win, that's the bottom line She wanna fuck but I ain't got the time Take care of your kids cause I'm proud of mine Bottom line, bottom line I'm the man, yeah Bottom line, you only tough when you got your gun. I'm the same person when I'm not with mine.
love, lift life. We touch into your mind, body, and soul. Somehow we have bought into a shoebox full of fallacies, and one of them is that it's all right to be poor. Whenever you see people prospering, always rejoice and bless them in your heart. Always do that, and you see, you magnetize yourself for that good when you bless other people. But you know, if you have a jealous spirit, oh, look at that. Why should they have that when I've got so little? Yeah, because you you work, you operate your mouth against yourself. That's why. There's a verse of scripture also said that says, "Thou art ensnared by the words of thy mouth." You know, the mouth can be a dangerous thing until you learn how to operate it positively. <laughs> Some people are like a prosecuting attorney against themselves. Every time you think of something good, you talk yourself out of it. Yeah, but I know. I just know. I I sure wish. No, but I can't. But oh, I sh- Lord, I sure wish. Thou art ensnared by the words of thy mouth. Don't do that. That that stems from your grand perennial roots and and my perennial roots. <laughs> remarks that I heard so persistently was that all I want is just enough to get by. And then the ones that my generation used was, how's it going, man? I made it. I made it. Now, that's another thing, and I want to warn you about this. You know, a lot of people are good at visualizing things for other people. Yeah, that's for Rockefeller. (laughs) That's for those rich people. You'll pass by those mansions in Bel Air and Beverly Hills that look at this where the rich people live. Look, look at that. That's for them. And you're really telling yourself, well, that's for them. I see them with it. But I don't see myself with it. Making what? <laughs> the standstill syndrome of hold on has been the banner of black America since we were imprisoned in this country and culture. Survival was of the utmost importance. Just to live through was the theme of survival for the captured Africa. Okay, if you can see it for other people, why can't you see it for yourself? I taught people to do this. Here's a little technique. That whenever you see people being, doing, and having good, always be glad for them. Always rejoice for them. And, you know, say good things about them in your mind. I said, look at that old rich so-and-so. The Bible says, curse not the rich. Reverend Ike says, if you curse the rich, you'll never be one of us. (laughs) It became a fixed mechanism in the pseudo-culture that the African was 
developing in this quote foreign land unquote. How to survive, the need to survive, the whole syndrome of survival is a slave mentality syndrome. I remember some years ago, I uh, drove up to our place up in the mountains in, in Monterey overlooking the, the ocean and my custodian at that time was a very fine gentleman who met me outside and he saw that brand new mink silver gray and blue Rolls Royce Corniche. And he said to me, he says, oh, Reverend Ike, he said, I saw this car in my visualization the other day. <laughs> I say, yeah, but you made one mistake. You didn't see yourself with it. <laughs> so I got it. Prosperity is the correct concept for the African, where most of the wealth of the planet has been drawn from. Most of the gold most of the silver, most of the diamonds, rubies, emeralds, pearls, Africa, that says the land from which we adhere is a rich land, a land flowing with milk and honey, that God's so-called chosen were sent to that land as a promised land. And when you decide it, you've got to do what? Believe it. Another picture. Look at the so-called Egyptian, the African of Kemet and his and her culture. Laced with gold. Laced with silver and precious stone. The point I'm making is that you're from a rich culture, a rich Past. It's back here, the idea to be rich, to be prosperous, to be well-to-do, okay? The illusion of poverty is just that. It is an illusion. In this teaching, that would indicate, yes, law, meaning that you have an affirmative attitude toward the law which works to bring you to the demonstration of the good that you believe. In this cycle we are in of high dispensation that includes wealth. You're supposed to get back something. Surely God is able. Say that. Say it again. The third time. And I like to make it so very personal and say it this way. Surely God in me is able. Say it again. Spiritual prosperity includes material prosperity. It includes mental prosperity. It doesn't exclude anything. The masters who presented themselves to a given people renounced material materiality because they were demonstrating 
spirituality. They didn't need to harness and sack up anything. They could have anything they wanted when they wanted it. When you believe, nothing is impossible. So you got to believe. That's real prosperity consciousness. To have what you need and want when you need it and when you want it. If it is not having a large bank account, because the bank owner might go off with your money. <laughs> In your consciousness, that's where prosperity is. See it! Let's hear it! See it! This deals with visualization. We're not listening to whom we're supposed to be listening to. We're listening to the things that worry and trouble us. The things that confuse us occupy much of our minds. There's an answer for every question. There's a solution to every problem. Where is it? Inside. It is important that you learn how to work in the theater of your mind. And I want to leave that term with you. Say, the theater of my mind. There's no more God out here than there is in there. Now, I'm going to tell you something important because, see, somehow we don't think we're supposed to get rich unless we work and save our money. And that's a practical, good way to do so. And, and I'm not going to knock that. You know, you know it, 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 as much as I dislike eight hours a day, <laughs> it, it's practical and it's significant and it gives a, a sense of purpose and direction. Wealth is given. It is not earned. I now enter into the theater of my mind and look upon the stage of my imagination. So you've got it set there. And, you, and then I will say, I see myself. And then you describe yourself as you wish to be. So repeat this after me. I now look upon, I now enter the theater of my mind. And look upon the stage of my imagination. And I see myself as I wish to be. While we sit here, somebody's getting rich. And I want you to think about that instead of somebody tricking you out of your check. Money is an idea. How many ideas can you contain? What is it that brings you your good? Oh, there I am. Look how healthy I am. Look how happy I am. Listen to the way I'm laughing. I'm just the exact weight that I want to be. Look at that. My dimensions are as I would have them to be. Just look at me. And look at all that money around. Woo! 
What are you passionate about? What is it that you really love with all your feelings? Can you transfer that to money? Yes, you can, if you want to. So learn how to see yourself being, doing, and having the good that you desire. Enter the theater of your mind. Look upon the stage of your imagination and see yourself. And it's important that you see yourself being, doing, and having the good that you desire. Systematically, this man kept trying to destroy everything that something was giving him. He was doing it to himself, not the white boy. He was doing it to himself. Very good. The power of the word, spoken word. And we need to control that faculty. Huh? Because we take words and throw them like daggers. And they get results. Yes, you got to see it. You remember Flip Wilson, the comic, who used to say, what you see is what you get. That's true. And the man who said to me, well, Reverend, I got saw this Rolls Royce carnation in my visualization. He made the mistake. He didn't see himself with it. So, also, when you see people with good, always say also, and when you pass those sign, home sign cards, people are looking good, say, that's for me. Let me hear you say it. Say it again. See, bless it, bless them, and say, that's for me. That means that you include yourself in that idea of good. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L, where remedy meets preparation. But I want to ask you here, because I think this is a question that comes up a lot, especially when it comes to talking about the soul and what yes. role the actual soul plays with us. You know, we have the mind, the body, and some yeah. would say the soul and the connection that it plays in our transformation as becoming gods and goddesses Yes. walking on this earth, what is that connection between the soul and, and, and what do we need that for in our transformation? The soul is all there really is. Everything else is a projection of the soul. And this particular soul, when it starts to wake itself up, which is a sun, S-U-N-S-O-N. Right. You see what I'm saying? A star. Every man, every woman is a star. Whenever it starts to wake itself up, it, it, it does various things. Some souls are still asleep. So therefore, in place of it, the ego exists and su supposes itself to be the individual. That's most people. But, but then when the soul starts to wake up, it starts to send signals to the consciousness to remember itself. So you start reading, you start studying, and you start, you know, going into this particular consciousness. 
Now, there's several distractions in there because when the soul is trying to do it, the ego is still involved, and it's a hard process because you can get distracted again, which means the ego can go, hey, this soul is waking up, but I still love it. I want to be, I want to exist. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a part of this knowledge that ultimately will wake this soul up, and I'm going to have this person get locked in one of the areas of the knowledge. And it will suppose itself it's being knowledge, but because it is locked into one area, that's nothing but a form of ego. That's why they say master nothing. So the story goes in the, in the, in the Holy Grail. They got a, 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 a knight called Parzival. Parzival is a knight that was raised in the country by his mother. His father was a knight. The father gets killed. The mother says, it's a horror story, basically. The father was a knight. The father gets killed. The mother said, I don't want him to be no knight. So she raises him way in the woods. And he plays with nature and everything. And so one day, he's out there in the woods, and he sees a shining knight in a silver shining suit. And he said, oh, my God, that's God. So he runs and tells his mom, he runs and tells his mama, say, Mom, I want to be a knight. And she almost faints. But she knows he's getting to be 18 now, and she can't hold him forever. So she has one of these plans. She takes him and, and shows him up a court jester's uniform and says, this is the uniform of a knight. So her plan is when he comes there looking like a clown at King Arthur's court, they, they will laugh him out of the court, and he will run back home and never want to be a knight again. So he rides off. To King Arthur's court. As soon as he rides off, she falls off dead. And the reason why she falls out dead because when you're on this bridge, if you try to go backwards, you fall, fall, fall. You can never go backwards. You can never go home. So now, so what happens here is he gets to the court, Knight's court, and they are laughing and laughing and laughing at him with this court just in such a ridiculous outfit till it gets the ear of King Arthur. Thus, he he able to go into it works the opposite. He's able to go right in front of King Arthur because of this funny outfit. And later on, he ends up becoming a knight. But all of the, this is now this is the key. All of the knights were proficient and masters, but they were always masters at one discipline. Right. Which means that you're still locked in a box. Whereas Parzival, because he was not raised into knighthood and came from humble origins. He was able to get the Holy Grail when the other ones were not able to get the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail is i.e. his own soul and rise to the God level. That's what the mystery is. He is able to get the Holy Grail for the simple fact that by him not mastering the discipline, he was able to ride through all of the disciplines. You see what I'm saying? And get the and, and get the his own soul. So mastering you master something, but if you master one section, you're only inflating your ego. By him being the divine fool, which is the tarot card, it's called the fool. And it is the only tarot card that can be used throughout the entire deck. It masters all. So that's what the humility is. So in so many words, you have to trick the ego to keep letting you go. So give me an example. Um, back in '08, back in '98, I, I produced my dark side lectures and started explaining all this stuff based on the dark side. Right. Now, I became famous with it, but I could have used it as a theology and said, "That's what I'm an expert at, and that's all I'm gonna do." Right. And 
I would have got stuck. Hell, I'm talking about fucking archangels now in the relationship. So you never get stuck. You never turn anything into a theology. And that is the reason why most of these systems that people initiate in, they're never going to work because they are only a fragment of something. And ultimately, the ego can latch on to that. So in so many words, the soul sends this particular information so it can get to know itself, so it can remember who it is. You see what I'm saying? But the ego is there for distraction. But the soul is all there really is. And it's an entire maze between the soul and you. And, and you. And so what you have to ultimately do is to surrender and give up and say, I don't exist. So what I had to do is I had to get rid of Bobby Hemmings. Right. You see, and all that was dear to me, you see. That way you can eliminate the possibility of the ego latching on. Bobby Hemmings ain't around now for the ego to latch on. You see what I'm saying? I ain't got no goddamn scruples. <laughs> None. No scruples whatsoever. You see what I'm saying? You're going? First of all, you're going to have to stick to your passions. You're going to have to be true to yourself. Right. Number two, you've got to stop thinking of yourself as human. You've got to start thinking of yourself as advanced entities. See, the brain or the archetype of the collective consciousness only gives you what you think yourself is. Right. If you think of yourself just being a motherfucker walking around here just trying to get along and just trying to make it, then that's all you are, cattle. But if you think of yourself as so immortal being that it is prophesied before the return, then your brain will send that signal to the higher you, and the higher you will produce the armor around you, although it is invisible. I'm not going to put this on the table again. Yeah. Like I said, so we can get this on the table. If you say that you are a normal open from the stoke, walking around here, you are cattle, you are property of the United States government under the three-fifths of a human being act, and they can do what the fuck they want to do with you. Right. As, as you've always been. But if you send signals to your higher God self that you are an advanced entity, come back to change this mess, then your body will grow the armor all around you. And to let you know what I'm telling you about, they produced a movie this summer called Spawn. Anybody saw it? You need to go get it. Because in the movie, when the guy came, he said, listen, he said, you've been using your power when you get mad. That's how we do, we get help happening. He said, but you need to start cultivating your energy and knowing who you are. He said, because your, your taste is a body of armor, and your suit is a body of armor. We're talking about your melanin. And the more and more you think, the melanin is only set up for you to think on an advanced, immortal level. The superhero. The hero comes from what? The God Heru. And who is Heru? You are the Heru. How the hell you think they make these things? So when you start thinking of yourself as an advanced, superhero level or superhero level, then your melody produces the type of chemical structure or the type of spiritual or etheric structure that is conducive to what the fuck you think it. It's a process in a brain computer. What is that? A melody is a brain computer. 
it only produces when you break it to a higher level and start thinking in a higher level that it produced that. That's why the white boy even know that who ain't already got no melanin. They teach their children, they into all the Star Wars and the superheroes and the superhero that and the comic books and all that shit. What you perceive yourself is what you are. So you got to stop perceiving yourself as just an everyday Negro. And stop perceiving yourself as sons and daughters of God. Now ain't no way in hell no sons and daughters of God supposed to be walking around this motherfucker talking about both. You're supposed to be ruling God's systems and universes. So therefore, you got to start programming the melanin, which is the actual way you program the actual alchemy process. It's thought. The physical is an illusion. It doesn't exist. So you have to program through thought. Y'all getting it? Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's see. A few other things here. What time is it? Huh? Tune in. Okay. Let's, 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 let's deal with this right now. We're going to come back. We're going to come back tomorrow. Let's deal with this. If the religion that you have is designed to shut down your God principle, you can call it the archetypes of the collective unconsciousness, then what they speak against that, you, that makes you scared of is your actual, actual power. Now what I mean by that is this. We're talking about words that you think now has been turned into something negative that it wasn't before. And this is what it means. The word demon that you think is negative is your higher melanated spirit. And give you a case in point on what I'm talking about is this. A brother called me back in 95. He said, I've been going, he said, I've been, I was born with a veil. You know, that's the southern word of I was born psychic, right. or I was a seer. Right. So I was born with a veil, and I could see. He said, now, ever since I was a little boy, these damn evil spirits been following me. He said, it's about three of them. He said, all my life, he said, I done gone to all kind of people, and those particular people that I have gone to have take, told me all kinds of things to get rid of them. And, brother, they still bothering me. What do you know that I can do to stop this? And right then the spirit said, Motherfucker, them ain't no demon. Them his motherfucking boys. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, them your boys, man. You supposed to congratulate them and say, hey, man. Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand now. I'm on such a low level to when I look up at what is God now, that scares me because it's remotely different than what I've fallen to. That's heaven coming to get you out of hell, and you scared of heaven. I said, greet them. Pull out bases to him and tell him to come on in. He greeted the pull out bases and they came up and said, Hey, man. Lord, brother, we've been trying for 37 years to get with you. We used to hang out in a previous life, but you incarnated back into the physical and we are still on this plane. And ever since and we've been trying to get to you for years, because it's been thousands of years. But what happened was, is you were so ignorant in the other incarnation, but this time when you was born in a veil, you could see us, so therefore we figured we could visit you because you had some type of consciousness. 
When he was up in that and offered out Islam, they was calling them gems and shit. He said, we've been trying to get to you since you was a little boy. You are out there what? You see? So what you call demons is called Asgodamian. Like it or not, we all come hardwired with a complete set. Twelve six-pack. The Gnostic demons are units of untamed natural forces within ourselves, our melanated forces, that we have ignored, denied, and disowned. They serve us to do, our, to do their mischief when, when our will is will and is, is ambiguous and our existence is low. After we have committed an embarrassing act of unbelief, of unbelievable stupidity, you are really referring to them when you slap yourself and say, I am my own worst enemy. As long as they are ignored, they are uh, uncontrolled, they are dangerous and hungry beasts in, in, in an abandoned zoo. Now, what this means is this. What this means is this. The ancient word for that is called agodamian, or demon, which is the melanin spirit. Which is the melanin spirit. I told you about books on Gautier. Alice Crowley said that the Gautier spirit, but those particular so-called demon spirits that the Christianity is telling you not to deal with, is nothing but the leftover portions of the brain that the science tells you your ass don't use. Remember they say we only use a small portion of our brain? That's when you tap into the real deal science of the melanin and the real deal archetypes of your brain. It's so unusual in this regular, rational, mundane shit that you go through until you get scared. But that's your higher self coming and say, man, if you really tap into this shit and face your own soul, we can fuck out some shit. You see? But in order to pray to that, you got to pray to your higher self. But so to pray to God, hell, all people are God. As the Bible says, you might be praying to some black man on his front porch, and that motherfucker might be on crack. He's still a God. You know what I'm saying? So you've got to understand and talk and put honor to yourself. You know what I mean when I say this? You do this shit all the time. See, the society tell your ass, people who talk to themselves is crazy. But you know you've been talking to your goddamn self for years. Just when the motherfucker comes around, you say, who are you talking to? Oh, I was saying <laughs> Why do you talk to yourself? You talk to yourself because that's your higher self you're talking to and ain't nobody around. You do it all the time. What you got to do now is you got to start referring to the energy is all, all the God that you're looking for. The higher God has made the law to put it within you. See, the only way you're going to get to me is through yourself. So you can't get to the Father but through the Son. Not through some old motherfucker hanging on some damn cross. You worship a dead motherfucker, you screw. <laughs> he a motherfucker that couldn't even save himself from the cracker from the Romans, and I'm gonna give the, the trust to that pastor. He's gonna have to come better than that shit. Cause I know some motherfucker white people better than that shit. <laughs> okay, okay, let me just say. The key on what I'm saying is this. We'll be back tomorrow. Is the power that you are looking for is in yourself. This is not blasphemy. This is not so-called sacrilege. What it's saying to heaven is within. 
So what it is is you got to start referring to yourself. Now you, you, you can't even look at it as just an objective entity. What you got to do now is start referring to yourself as God too. You see what I'm saying? And now you got to stop doing this. So now you don't need to be praying no more. You're supposed to do this. And this is what it says. The entities that you used to pray to when you was a, a young child, they used to be your guardians. But as you become an adult or become God, they become your servants because they're only forces of elements that can only be willed and commanded by you. So all of God that you pray to, you're supposed to be telling them to get off your ass because it ain't a physical body as you think. It's forces of elements, water, air, fire, earth. You understand what I'm saying? Energy. So you got to command the energy. That's what the whole, that's what Yoda, which was down. If you go get the, the picture of Horus, you'll see Heru standing on some crocodiles and you'll see the god best behind his head. That's damn Yoda. Did you see the Star Wars? You see they put him on the back? That was Yoda. Actually, you know what that was? That was his higher self on the inside talking to him. But Yoda said, you got to use the force all around you. This shit is authentic because he read red six the doggone books to get it and the hero of a thousand faces.
That's a lot of brown turn on your Forbes list. Frolicking around my compound on my fortress. Oh, I'll be round round with my seat reclining. Dropping my daughter off at school every morning. We planning car doors. I'll be trolling on these bum You ain't talking about nothing. I ain't got no Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. All right, all right, all right. Peace to the gods. What's going down? Right here on the bottom line, right here on the new Evolution Radio Network. I'm your host, Joey Bounce L. Bay. Why not, right? What's good? How y'all feeling tonight? Calling number is 347-989-0194 if you want to get in the holla Tonight is part three of the Sovereign's Immunity. And uh, we're going to go in tonight talk about this whole Sovereign Immunity and keep breaking this subject down, you know. This is way over a lot of people's heads. I get it, but you know, in time you will probably come back and be like, "Man, I I get it now." So we're gonna go over some things tonight that will help you uh, on your journey, and you know, it helps me as well. Um, but we're gonna be talking about that tonight. So welcome to the show. Couple of announcements: We're gonna be in Miami next month, September the twenty-sixth. We're gonna be at the Marriott, all right, Courtyard by Marriott, downtown Miami, all right, 200 Southeast 2nd Ave, Miami, Florida, all right, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., you can register on makemorecommerce.com if you want to get some tickets uh, in advance, or you can always get tickets at the door. They will be a little bit higher at the door, though, so it's always suggested that you get your tickets in advance, save yourself a little bit of money. Alright, so with that being said We're going to get into it tonight um, Oh, make sure that you're going to cop part 4 webinar That's out right now Alright, so make more commerce And it also is on Jonah Bay's site Alright Alright, so You know, this has been an ongoing conversation We've talked a lot about Immunity, sovereign immunity Things of that nature, right But, you know, sovereign immunity Is 
it is a nation thing, right? And it's about how you build your nation. It's about the plenipotentiaries and the ministers in the nation, right? Things of that matter, right? So sovereign immunity is a legal doctrine. Sometimes it's also called crown immunity, right? And it's just dealt with whereby a state or some type of uh, sovereign, right, where they cannot commit a legal wrong, and they are immune to a civil suit. They're immune to civil prosecution. Um, I played earlier, I played the clips, if you just not coming in, I played the clips for the, the Moors in court. One of the things about the Moors in court, especially when we look at, uh, you know, who has jurisdiction in court and things of that nature, one of the things about the Moors in court that I like is they kept trying to assert that the court didn't have jurisdiction, Right? And jurisdiction is a territorial thing. It is a invisible marker. It deals with the recognition of statehood, things of that nature. Right. So, you know, this is one of those things where when we talk about sovereign immunity, we have to really look at the idea of being immune. So, strictly speaking. Right, uh, when we talk about immunity, right, a stronger rule um, is state immunity, right? And you'll see where, when I say state, it could be any political body, right? Your United States government is a state. Your state that you domicile in is a state, right? But in an older sense, sovereign immunity is the original forebearer of state immunity. And this is based on a classical concept that the sovereign, right, in any sense, um, is not subject to any uh, laws outside of his own or her own jurisdictional approval, right? So they, you know, they're not subject to a higher power, right? There's not a lord above them other than the lord in the heavens, that type of thing, right? But there are two forms of sovereign immunity, right? And there's immunity from suits, also known as immunity from jurisdiction or immunity from adjudication. And then there's immunity from enforcement. So immunity suits, right? Any type of suit in a civil court, a court of equity, criminal court, right? So immunity from a suit essentially means that neither the sovereign head of the state, right, the person in charge, or what they call uh, in absentia, or a representative form can be defended or subject to court proceedings, right? And in most equivalent forms, any type of arbitration. So immunity from enforcement means that even if a person succeeds, in any way against their sovereign or state, they and the judgment may find itself without means of enforcement. So somebody can sue a sovereign, but most times, even if they do sue and they win, it's going to be really hard to get anything. This is why the United States adopted the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act, right? And they gave all of their ministers and uh Ambassadors Sovereign immunity Alright so 
immunity also deals with what we call separation of powers. Now, separation of powers is a representative form of government, right? And under this model, a state government is divided into branches. So each with a separate independent power or responsibility, things of that nature. So the responsibilities of the separation of powers breaks down into the branches, the different branches of government, right? Your legislator, your executive body, your uh, judiciary body, right? And this is what they call trius politica, right? And it's a very old form of government. Uh, comes from the Iroquois Confederacy and goes back even further than that, right? But this can be contrasted with the fusion of powers, uh, both in uh, parliament, right, and semi-presidential systems. Now, a semi-presidential system is a system of government in which the president exists alongside the prime minister. Okay. So when you see the prime minister in certain countries, you're like, well, what about what's the president? Most times they have a president, but you don't see the president because they have a prime minister. Okay. Now, a parliamentary republic elects a head of state, kind of like President Trump. Okay. And that's that's a head of state. Now, when we talk about separation of powers, um, it's very important to understand that the three branches of government and separation of powers or would essentially allow okay, for there to be um, some type of adjudication or a balancing scale when it comes to the person that is sovereign. Other than that, you're running a totalitarian government, totalitarian state, if you will. Okay? So sovereign immunity of a state entity can be waived. So a state entity can waive its immunity by doing a couple of different things. One, with a prior written agreement. Two, by instituting proceedings without claiming immunity. Three, submitting to a jurisdiction as a defendant in a suit. Four, intervening in or taking steps in a suit other than for the purpose of claiming immunity. Now, if you listen to the clip I played, one of the things that these brothers did was they subjected themselves to the jurisdiction of the court by even being in the court. The fact that you're even in the court makes you waive some of that quote-unquote immunity. Now, in a constitutional monarchy, the sovereign is the historical origin of the authority which creates the courts. So, the courts have no power to compel the sovereign to be bound by them as they were created by the sovereign for the protection of his or her subjects. So, and I've said this before, right, it's a maximum of law. It's, um, the maximum is, is rex non protest, vacare, means that the king can do no wrong. So I ask you, who are you? Are you a king? Are you, are you a queen? Are you a true sovereign? Right? So, I want to you know, draw your attention to the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act, which is um, done in 1976. It's the United States law. It was codified under Title 28, 
subsection 1330, 1332, 
You see what I'm saying? See, the government has a duty under the treaties to protect certain people. This is why black people, and I mean Af- you're African American, you're 14th Amendment citizen, uh, is not protected in law, right? What, what treaties does, does the African American have? What what laws does the African American have? Civil rights, but that's civil. So civil, more two, is a dead entity. So when you're civil, when you're practicing some type of civil law, you're actually practicing a dead version of law, which is not actively engaged in any type of foreign venue. Right? So the jurisdiction permits a court to hear a case against a defendant and enter a binding judgment against the defendant residing outside of the jurisdiction. So at heart, the constraints on long-arm jurisdictions are concepts of international law and the principle that one country should not exercise state power over the territory of another unless some recognized exception applies. Now, in municipal law, the authority of a court to exercise long-arm jurisdiction is based upon some type of action that the defendant has subjected himself or herself to under the jurisdiction of the court, right? So it's all about your actions, as it always is. It's about your conduct, right? How you move, what you do. So can't say that enough. How you move, what you do, conduct is everything. Okay. Um, now, and, and like I said, and when, when we're talking about constitutional monarchies, right, especially jurisdiction, you got to know what a burden of proof is when it comes down to a sovereign and the sovereign immunity. Now, the exceptions are also listed under 28 U.S.C. 1605, 1605A, 1607. So the most common exceptions are when the foreign state waives its immunity, 1605A, or agrees to submit a dispute to arbitration. Such as a traffic accident, 1605A5, right? Or you expropriate property in violation of international law, 1605A3. So the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act also excludes immunity in cases where um, there's a certain counterclaim, 1607, right? Or an admiralty claim, which falls under 1605B. Now, Section 221. Of the Anti-Terrorism and Effective Death Penalty Act of 1996 actually added an exception for the U.S. victims of terrorism for any government designated by the Department of State uh, that would sponsor, quote-unquote, terrorism, right? This is why they tell you we, we don't negotiate with terrorists because they don't, you know, and I wouldn't either if I was there, right? Now, let's talk about commercial activity. Um, because the most important exception to sovereign immunity is commercial activity under 28 U.S.C. 1605-82, right? Commerce, doing some type of commerce. So the section provides three bases on which a plaintiff can sue a foreign state. One, when the plaintiff's claims is based upon commercial activity carried on in the United States by the foreign state. 
when the plaintiff's claim is based upon the act that the foreign state which is performed in the United States in connection with commercial activities outside the United States is done. And three, when the plaintiff's claim is based upon an act by the foreign state which is performed outside the United States in connection with commercial activities outside the United States and which causes a direct effect in the United States. Now, when they determine that the foreign state's activities are commercial, the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act will require that the court look into the nature of the act itself rather than the purpose for which the foreign sovereign engaged in the act. Now, 28 U.S.C. 1603D, for example, the operation of a fee-based transportation system would likely be a commercial act, while imposing fines for parking tickets would be a public act. So even if the former was undertaken to provide public service and the latter was initiated to raise revenue, you're essentially dealing with a commercial activity. That's why we got to be so careful about shit that we do out here. Right? Now, um, 504, uh, U.S. 607, case of Republic of Argentina versus uh, Weltover. Check this case out, right? And we talked about uh, a breach of contract, right, which claimed asserted by a bondholder that two Panamanian corporations, right, and a Swiss bank against the government issued the bonds against uh, Argentina because they defaulted on the bond payment. So under the term of the bond, bondholders were actually given the option of having bonds paid in uh, London, Frankfurt, Zurich, or New York. But because the case concerned the default in Argentina on the bonds issued in Argentina, an act that was performed outside the United States in connection with activity outside the United States, in order to establish jurisdiction, the plaintiff actually uh, could only rely on the third basis to sue Argentina under the commercial activity exception, right? So uh, Argentina, they basically made two arguments here, right? They said under the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act that commercial activity exception shouldn't apply, one, because the issuance of the sovereign debt to investors were not, was not a commercial activity. And two, that the alleged deep could not be considered to have had a direct effect in the United States, right? So, it, you know, it's really important to understand that sovereign immunity can be stripped if you, if you don't know what the fuck it is, okay? Just, I mean, that plain and simple. They, they'll come in and try to pull that shit from you, okay? Now, let me pull this up because I want to make sure that I've got this here for y'all. Okay. Um, now, when we're talking about immunity, you know, it's very important to go check out the Vienna Convention, read up on that, you know, and understand what what that consists of, right? Because a lot of people, you know, for whatever reason, we missed that all together. But let's talk about a foreign state, right? It's important to know what a foreign state is. So uh, the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act defines a foreign state to include three entities. A foreign state, a political subdivision of a foreign state, and an agency or instrumentality of a foreign state. This is under 28 U.S.C. 1603A. Now, an agency or instrumentality is defined as an entity which has a separate legal identity and is neither an organ of a foreign state or a political subdivision, and it has a majority of shares or ownership interests which is owned by a foreign state or a political subdivision, 28 U.S.C. 1603B. Okay. 
Now, um, you know, for the sake of what we're talking about here tonight, I'm going to drop a few things on y'all, right? Because, you know, when we go into these type of topics, right, we have to look at everything in the whole. Now, tribal sovereignty in the United States is a concept that is based on uh, the inherent authority of an indigenous tribe to govern themselves within the borders of the United States, right? Now, originally, the U.S. federal government recognized American Indian tribes as independent nations, and then they came to policy agreements with them via the treaties, and this is tribal sovereignty, right? Now, it's really funny, right, because, like I told y'all earlier, 99.1% of these tribes are domestically sovereign, meaning that they're sovereign, but they are domestic. They don't fall under the Foreign Sovereignty Immunity Act. They fall under the domestic sovereign immunities. Now, the U.S., um, when they accelerated westward in their expansion of taking land and shit, right, um, an internal political pressure within the government became like, really rampant. So this is where you get your Indian Removal Act, and they started moving people off their lands, right? So the Civil War um, actually forged in the United States the centralized government that you have today, right? And, uh, you know, in essence, the government has a trust relationship with these nations that people believe that they're sovereign. This is why when you seen the thing at uh, Standing Rock and they was taking them people's oil or or they was trying to actually they was they was taking the oil and they were digging on the land at the same time and it was supposed to be sacred land and people was protesting and they didn't want to move and all this shit but they did the shit anyways. Right? It's because at the end of the day you don't have a fee simple relationship with that land. It's not really your land, right? And because it's not really your land, the Indian Appropriations Act of 1871, right, um, prohibited any future treaties. So once these people signed the treaty, that was it. So that, that by a stroke of the pen, they said, oh, well, y'all agreed to let us govern y'all, so we're going to do that, right? Now, it's really important for us to, to look at sovereignty versus the Constitution, right? So, um, and, you know, like, like I told you, you know, your Constitution came from the Iroquois, the Iroquois Confederacy, and the Iroquois were the ones who essentially created uh, the form of what, what you consider to be your constitution today, right? Now, the United States Constitution mentions Native American tribes three times. Article 1, Section 2, Clause 3, and it states that representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among several states, excluding Indians not taxed, according to um, the U.S. Constitution, right? Uh, so there were Indians in several and probably in most of the states at that period who were not treated as citizens and yet who did not form a part
part of independent communities or tribes exercising general sovereignty and powers of government within the boundaries of the states. Okay. Then you have Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, which states that Congress shall have the power to regulate commerce with foreign nations among the several states and with the Indian tribes, determining that the Indian tribes were separate from the federal government, the states, and foreign nations. See, these Indian tribes, weren't, they weren't even considered part of Morocco, al Morocco. Right, which in itself is a whole other foreign nation, and there were a bunch of tribes who didn't go under the government, who got essentially forgotten or left behind because they didn't declare themselves to be sovereign bodies or or body politics under the empire. Right? See, we we control the body politic under the empire. We are a sovereign, independent. Body politic, just like the Jews are. Right? Now, the third part where you can find this is in the 14th Amendment, Section 2. And this amends the uh, apportionment of representatives in Article 1, Section 2. Right? And it says that these basic provisions have been changed or basically clarified. Right? And the Congress of the United States was to be the facilitator of commerce. Between the states and the tribes So the constitutional provisions And uh, the interpretation By the Supreme Court Are summarized in three principles And I'll give them to you here We have what they call territorial sovereignty And this is tribal authority On Indian land Right? And they said that this is organic And is not, gar- not granted by the states In which lands are located Right? So territorial sovereignty means that these Native Americans can do what they want on their land. They can create their own license plates, their own driver's license. They can make their own rules of the road. All of that on the land that was ceded to them. But then the problem arises when those people want to go off the reservation, right? Because then they say, well, you can only do that shit on the reservation. You can't do that in the, in the boundaries of the state, right? And the state then grew so fucking big in every state. That they didn't got out of control, right? And so these states operate from the aspect of, well, we're sovereign, right? We can do what we want to do, this and that, blah, 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 blah. But let, let me point something out that a lot of people tend to miss about the states. The states are what are known as federated states, federated. So something that's federated. Means that it's under the federal government It's under the central power Every state Is a state of It's a state of Under the federal government Under the 14th amendment Right Okay So territorial sovereignty One of the three principles Of U.S. Indian law Technically only allows The so called Natives, because the real natives in this country are the Aboriginal Moors, right? The tribes who never went under government sovereignty. Those are the real nationals. Those are your real foreign uh, nationals within this country. Those people are the ones who who actually have real sovereignty here, right? As quiet as it's kept. 
as much as they don't want you to know, right? Because, I mean, it's important to know, you know, who's got sovereignty here and who don't. Okay. So, um, territorial sovereignty is the first provision that the, that the Supreme Court laid out, all right? The second one, and we've talked about this before, is the plenary power, right? And you can find this under what they call the plenary power doctrine, right? And Congress, and not the executive branch, or the judicial branch, has basically the ultimate authority with regard to matters affecting Indian tribes. Now, federal court gives greater difference to Congress on Indian matters than on other subjects. Now, check it, right? Because, I mean, this is really crucial. Right? And I don't know where people get off with this shit at, but the the tribes themselves um, a lot of these people are mongoloid, right? And it's no disrespect to them, but they're mongoloid. They they are a mix between East Asian and a little bit of African, right? And, and a little bit of European, right? And then you got some Europeans who straight up uh, are taking the five-dollar Indian title, right? Um, but under the plenary powers, the Congress controls all of these people. So whether you think you're sovereign or not, you're not as sovereign as you think you are because you ain't no foreign national. You're a citizen of your tribe, which your tribe is technically a citizen under the trust of the United States. Okay. Now, the third one, and this is what I was talking about, the Supreme Court laid this out, is what's known as a trust relationship. Okay. So the federal government has a, quote, duty a duty to protect the tribes, implying that the courts have found the necessary legislative and executive authorities to affect that duty, which means that because these people sign treaties, not like the Treaty of Peace and Friendship, which clearly defined Moors versus U.S. citizens, the treaties that most of these people signed gave over their power with the stroke of a pen. Okay. okay. So you have, you know, territorial sovereignty, your plenary power doctrine, and your trust relationships. Okay. Now, um, let me just read something to you, right? Because, and I've always talked about being, quote, uh, belligerent, right? And you can't be belligerent, you can't be an enemy combatant. You know, all that shit is, you know, it's a waste of time. You know, you do better to go in harmony and peace, right? You know, the whole saying, you know, you, you'll catch more flies with honey than you will shit, that type of thing, right? So the word enemy, as used, uh, should be deemed to mean for the purposes under 50 U.S. Code 4302, any individual partnership or other body of individuals of any nationality that's resident within the territory, including occupied by the military and the naval forces of any nation which the United States is at war or resident outside the United States and doing business with such territory, and any corporation incorporated within such territory of any nation which the United States is at war or incorporated within any country other than the United States doing business within such territory. 
right? So the government of any nation with which the United States is at war, any political or municipal subdivision thereof, an officer, an agent, so on and so forth, okay? So it's really important to understand that your sovereign immunity is greatly dependent upon the fact that you you know how to be a true sovereign and not be a combatant, an enemy combatant, as they call it, right? Because, you know, these people, they don't play around. You know, they're very quick to to enforce and try to enforce their jurisdiction. Now, I'm going um, I'm to go something up here because, you know, we, we're going to go a little deeper into this. Okay. Um, <clears throat> now, under the sovereign immunity, right? When when someone is a sovereign, right? The definition um, essentially is uh, ultimate authority, right? Some something that can rule without a polity, or excuse me, within a polity, uh, known as sovereignty. So historically, ultimate authority within the polity was located in the person of the sovereign, which was a monarch, right? Whose rule was vested. By a divine right, a local custom. Remember, I told you about customs, right? Uh, and often by a good deal of force. Now, in feudal Europe, a monarch's rule was not conceived territorially, except what he owed personally. So, rather, his authority extended from the felchy of those uh, loyal to him, and then they in turn possessed the land. And then when in the legion shifted, so too did the area under the sovereign rule, right? So the modern territorial state system began to take shape under uh, what, what they call the Capetian dynasty. And this is from uh, the 10th to the 14th centuries, right? And this was largely consolidated uh, with the, uh, the West, what they call it, West Falafan. It was, uh, it was a treaty in 1646, right? But this system basically defines sovereignty as the right to rule a territory bound state based on two types of authority. The first pertains to an internal or domestic sovereignty, the authority to rule within a uh, uh, delimited uh, territorial state, right, which required that the monarch subjected all of their subjects to recognize the right of the monarch's rule, right? So complementary to Internal sovereignty. The second was external or international legal sovereignty. And this is the right of a sovereign government to rule its territory without an external interference. All right, so all of this shit is predicated on the recognition of sovereignty by other sovereign entities. Right? And this is the reason why they created the, the whole uh, Declaration of Human Rights for Indigenous Peoples and all that, right? Because they, they really needed to give people sovereignty. They needed to they needed to do that for niggas, right? For especially for Aboriginals who have been disenfranchised, denationalized, right? Given uh, you know certain circumstances over time, have had what they call a weak a weakened state, right? A weakened state. Political state, mental state, all, all them types of states, right? So expatriation, and this is important that we discuss it, right? But um, a lot of people don't, you know, they call them expats, and you'll see people leave the United States and go to another country, 
and get citizenship to another country. And when you expatriate from the United States and don't go into another political state, you essentially become what they refer to as um, stateless. Okay, So expatriating a U.S. citizen subject to the citizenship clause of the 14th Amendment on the ground that after reaching the age of 18, the person basically obtained foreign citizenship or declared allegiance to a foreign state generally will not be possible absent substantial evidence. Why do you think when you do the passport, you got to have a preponderance of evidence, an explanatory statement, right? And then apart from the act itself, the individual specifically intends to relinquish the U.S. citizenship. So you got to say, hey, I'm going to get this shit up. Now, an express statement of renunciation of U.S. citizenship suffices. So an intent to renounce citizenship can be inferred from the act of serving in the armed forces of a foreign state that's engaged in the hostility against the United States. Now, I like memorandums because you know, memorandums of understanding, mem- memorandums of an opinion, you know, um, body politics create memorandums. Right? Now, um, when we talk about, you know, naturalized citizens, right? Um, you have to talk about denaturalization too. So expatriation is a voluntary renunciation or an abandonment of nationality and allegiance. So and most people say, well, but, but what about when I do my nationality and I expatriate? Isn't that me giving up my U.S.? Like if I give up my U.S. citizenship, am I, am I giving up my allegiance? To America? No, you're giving up your allegiance to a corporate body politic, a corporate entity. You understand? Now, um, okay, thank you. So, a corporate entity, and this is really important, right? Uh, 3002. Y'all know the code, right? You can look it up for yourself. It tells you the United States is a corporation. Okay? Now, let's talk about the law of expatriation, right? Because it, it is well settled that anybody can renounce his United States citizenship. So, in 1794 and 1797, uh, Congress still adhere to the English uh, the English doctrine right, of what they call perpetual allegiance and doubted whether a citizen could even voluntarily renounce his citizenship. But then in 1818, almost no one doubted the existence of the right of voluntary expatriation. Go look up the case uh, Afroyum versus Rusk, 387 U.S. 253, 258. 1967. Now, in 1868, Congress declared that the right of expatriation is a natural and an inherent right of all people and indispensable to the enjoyment of the right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, the Act of July 27, 1868, Chapter 249, Preamble 15, Stat 223, 8 U.S.C. 1481, which I've always talked about, Right, 
it deals with all of this. Okay. Um, you can go also go look up uh, uh, Stat 1999, Second Edition, 1878, 18 Stat Part One, 350. All there. So the declaration further stated that any declaration, instruction, opinion, order, or decision of any officer of the government which denies, restricts, impairs, or questions the right of expatriation is hereby declared inconsistent with the fundamental principles of the government. 15 Stat 224. Now, similarly, uh, the Burlingame Treaty of 1868 between the United States and China recognized the inherent and alienable right of a man to change his home and allegiance and also the mutual advantage of a free migration and immigration, meaning your ass had ingress and regress, you could come and go as you please. Right? Now, for the purposes of curiosity of trade, um, or as a permanent resident, U.S. China uh, Article uh, 5, July uh, 28th, 1868, 16 Stat 739 and 740. Congress provided specific legislative authority for nullifying citizenship. Okay, then in 1907, uh, it enacted the predecessor of the Federal Expatriation Statute. Uh, Act on March the 2nd, 1907, Chapter 2534, 34 Stat 1228. As the Supreme Court noted, such acts of Congress are to be read in the light of Congress's 1868 Declaration Policy, okay, favoring freedom of expatriation would stand unrepealed. So by virtue of its expressed power, Right to establish a uniform rule of naturalization, U.S. Constitution Article One, Chapter Four, Clause Eight. Actually, excuse me, Subsection Eight, Clause Four. Uh, Congress implied power to set the terms of U.S. citizenship, including the power for you to expatriate. Right now, somebody will say, "What does that do with me being sovereign?" Well, expatriation deals with sovereignty. Okay. Now, the power of all of this is limited by the citizenship clause of the 14th Amendment. This is the reason why some of y'all have done passports, and then they'll write you back and say, well, court trial records, you're a U.S. citizen. Right? Under the 14th Amendment. So the provision states that all persons who are born or naturalized in the United States are Subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. Constitution Amendment Article 14. Right? So, as the clause is being construed by the Supreme Court, at least since 1967, the United States may not deprive a person born or naturalized in the United States of his U.S. citizenship unless he voluntarily relinquishes the ship. Okay? Vance versus Taraz. Now, Forced expatriation has also been thought to violate other provisions of the Constitution, right? There have been people who, who left the United States for, for years, and then they was told when they tried to come back that they weren't U.S. citizens no more because they had been gone for so long. Bullshit, right? Now, the civilized nations of the world are in virtual unanimity that statelessness is not to be imposed as a punishment for crime. Now, let me, let me read something to y'all, okay? Let me just pull it up for y'all real quick. Uh, hopefully y'all still with me here. Because I mean this is this shit this shit is deep, right? And what we're talking about 
you know, it's actually really important. It might be one of the most important shows I've done in a while. Now, let me read this to you, right? Okay. Now, stateless, and just a second, let me, let me pull this up here. Okay. Oh, they're playing with me today. I'm trying to I got y'all. Here we go. Now, stateless, there's a lot of different definitions for stateless. Okay. Um, now, in most large-scale places, right, international law, a stateless person is somebody who is not considered as a national under any uh, state under the operation of this law. Now, stateless people are also considered to be refugees. But not all refugees are stateless. And a lot of people who are stateless have never even crossed the international border. So that would raise the question of if you expatriate and you don't go into another quote-unquote body politic, how could you ever be a national, right? Because you you don't have an allegiance to anything. Right? You out here naked. A man who don't stand for nothing will die for anything. Y'all understand? Because expatriation is an inherent natural right. And you can come up out of it. Now, uh, this is also what we would call denationalization, right? And denationalization as a punishment is barred under the Eighth Amendment. See, the civilized nations of the world are in virtual unanimity that statelessness shouldn't be used as a crime against anybody. But the Eighth Amendment forbids Congress to punish anybody by taking away their citizenship. But they allow you to take it away on your own and then make a formal oath of renunciation. You see, it's got to be done formally in a formal manner properly, which means it's got to be done in a legit, lawful way. Right? You can't just go through you can't just go through RB Bay and think that's gonna solve the problems. Right? I know a lot of y'all niggas love that RB Bay shit, but that's not gonna solve the problem. I'm sorry. RB Bay is cool, but RB Bay ain't telling y'all what the law says, right? And then you have to ask yourself, well, if I get my nationality in the RB Bay, uh, what nation is that? Who And who is RB Bay? By the way, that that's not even a nation. Okay. Now, uh, the Supreme Court rule in Afroyum versus Rusk, right, 387 U.S. 253 1967 um, it's no longer constitutionally sufficient that a person who was born or naturalized in the United States has voluntarily engaged in conduct deemed by law to be an act of expatriation the person must also undertake such an act with the specific intention to relinquish the U.S. citizenship okay so this is why I did the show on protected persons because you need to know are you a protected person when you take the protection of the government, right? By using their commerce and shit like that, 
That's a perception. So it's really important to know, am I being protected by these people? Or am I looked at by these people as the fucking enemy combat? Now, under the federal law, any party claiming that a person has abandoned his U.S. citizenship must establish three elements under 8 U.S.C. 1481. First, the person must take one of the statutorily enumerated acts of expatriation, such as obtaining naturalization in or taking an oath or making an affirmation or other formal declaration of allegiance to a foreign state after reaching the age of 18, okay? Uh, entering or serving in the armed forces of a foreign state, engaged in hostilities against the United States, or a formal renunciation before an appropriate United States official under USC 1481A. Okay. Second, he must act voluntarily. And you can see uh, the case of uh, Nishkawa 356. Okay. Uh, no conduct results in expatriation unless the conduct is engaged in voluntarily. Third, he must act with the intention of relinquishing his United States nationality, 8 U.S.C. 1481A. Expatriation occurs at the time of the expatriating acts were committed, not at the time when his uh, lineage was judicially determined. You see? Uh, United States uh, ex-rail, Marx versus ex-party. Okay? Uh, the loss of nationality under this part shall result solely from the performance by a national of the acts of fulfillment with the conditions specified on this part. So basically, formal renunciation is therefore not the only way in which the U.S. citizen uh, can actually express his intention of relinquishing United States nationality. Right? An intention to abandon citizenship can also be manifested through various categories of conduct. Everything about your conduct. Right? So, intention to relinquish citizenship can be expressed in words or found as a fair uh, inference from proved conduct. Voluntary relinquishment of citizenship is not combined to a written renunciation. It can also be manifested by other actions declared uh, expatriative under the act. So, although the performance of an expatriating act can be used as the equivalent of or conclusive evidence of what we call indispensable voluntary acts, the Supreme Court held that uh, it may be highly persuasive evidence, right, in the particular case of the purpose of an abandonment of citizenship. You need a preponderance of evidence to come out, and you need the preponderance of evidence to be put back in, right? Bible says, come up out of her. So you better come up out of her, right? Now, um, and it's really important, right, because a lot of these lower courts held that specific subjective intent to renounce U.S. citizenship may be proved by evidence of an explicit renunciation, right, acts inconsistent with the United States citizenship or by an affirmative voluntarily, voluntary act which clear, uh, clearly manifests the intention that your ass wants to come up out of the U.S., right? So you can you can become a foreign national at the drop of a dime. No problem. All right? Now I'm going to read something to you here because there's a lot of information here, and I want to make sure we got time to get to the call lines, right? Now, <clears throat> let's just talk about some methods for determining 
immunity, right? For claiming immunity. Okay? So the question arises as to how a diplomatic agent, a foreign national, is to claim immunity if he's brought before a court or a tribunal for some alleged violation of the laws of the country, or as if he made a uh, def- uh, defendant in a civil action before a local tribunal, and how are the courts to be satisfied that the person claiming the immunity belongs to the class of persons or to be clothed with immunity? It is clear that an application must be made to the court since the court is not in a position to know that the accuracy of the allegations, which may appear even on the face of the record, it is not the function of the tribunal to dismiss the suit unless it is asked to do so by a party, nor is it for the court of its motion to declare that it has no jurisdiction. Now, for a long time, the practice followed had been for the diplomat to prove his status on any given occasion before the court in which the claim or the suit was pending against him. And as a matter for the court to decide the question of immunity as a pre- preliminary issue. Okay. Now, in recent years, it's been felt that such a practice would not be very satisfactory. And on the other hand, it seems rather strange that a diplomatic officer should be required to prove before a court that he is entitled to immunity while he's claiming exemption from the jurisdiction of that very court. But on the other hand, the procedure and the practice of every court or tribunal requires some formal proof of the fact that the person who belongs to the class is entitled to be exempt from the jurisdiction of the court. Now, in the United Kingdom, uh, it is now the usual practice for the court to accept as conclusive statements made by them by the executive as to the existence of certain facts of international law nature, such as the status of a person or the extent of the immunity that the government of the United Kingdom recognizes as uh, consonant with international law. So the long line of decided cases in the United Kingdom, the United States of America, and the countries of the continent of Europe show that the courts have more and more been inclined to be guided by the attitude of the executive in such matters. Now, uh, there are several instances where you got Britain, France, and Belgium, where the chief law officer of the government had appeared in court under instructions from the government to claim immunity on behalf of the diplomat concerned. So it would be useful to consider some of the decisions of the national courts of this regard. Now, uh, in British practice, the current general practice of looking to the executive in the United Kingdom is a fairly recent origin. A study of reported decisions demonstrates clearly that the practice was not uh, easily accepted by English courts. Okay. So the usual method today is for the defendant to produce a copy of the foreign office list, which is published periodically, or to prove his status by producing a certificate from the foreign secretary certifying the person's name as it appears in the list. Now, the significance is that the publication of the name of the person concerned in the list constitutes his acceptance by the government as a person entitled to diplomatic status, and this may be said to some extent to invest him with diplomatic immunity. Okay, this is, you can look at this case. This is a case called um, uh, Inglake versus uh, Musumane. Now, the House of Lords laid down the basis on which courts can apply the foreign office regarding the status. 
uh, of uh, foreign envoy in the following times. Okay, let me give them to you. Okay, now the provisions of uh, Diplomatic Privilege Extensions Act, 1941, 1944, and 1946, the Secretary of State is required to compile a list of persons entitled to diplomatic privilege and to publish it. Okay. Now, in the United States of America, and, and that was in England, so in the United States of America, the courts have also adopted the practice of accepting the views of the executive as conclusive on matters concerning international relations. Now, the, the prevalent practice appears to be for the attorney general to file a, quote, suggestion in the court at the request of the State Department, and the suggestion is regarded by the courts as conclusive and binding both on fact and law, Right. So your affidavit stands as truth in law. Now, the suggestion is issued by the State Department on the application of the foreign government or the ambassador if the department is satisfied that the claim to immunity is well-founded. Now, the department has, therefore, to consider on the materials placed before it the question as to whether, under the existing practice, the government of the United States would recognize a particular claim to immunity. So this type of scrutiny would appear to be more satisfactory than a public hearing in a court of law, particularly where the immunity is based on reciprocity. So the procedure adopted is as follows. When litigation is commenced or threatened, the ambassador presents a note to the Secretary of State, which sets out the facts upon which the immunity is claimed, and requests the Secretary to cause them to be conveyed to the court. The State Department then conveys to the Attorney General a copy of the note with a request that it should be communicated to the court that it accepts as true to the statement of the alleged therein. Now, since 1941, the suggestion of the State Department amounts to recognition and allowance of claim to immunity and is taken as a conclusive evidence on the matter. Now, sometimes the Department of State may decide to leave the matter to be determined by the court, and in such cases, the court would be free to do so. Now, a survey of 150 years of history uh, prior to 1941 shows that the courts have fluctuated in the matter of weight and respect shown to the suggestion of the State Department. Okay, um, In earlier cases, the State Department merely transmitted a claim of immunity, leaving it to the courts to examine the truth of the allegation of fact on which it was based. So there were, however, cases where the court proceeded to decide the question of immunity without any references to the executive. Okay, So this is why it's really so important that you do a proper uh, relinquishment of na- of your United States nationality if you want to be truly what they call sovereign or truly, you know, a foreign national. All right. So, um, you know, this is a lot of information. This might go over a few heads tonight, but you know, you can always go back and check this episode out on podcast because that's where it's going to be at. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and open up the call lines. So call lines are wide open, 347-989-0194. I'm here for it tonight. Let's take some calls. We'll be right back. Block. 
crazy, I had to get it right. Now I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Hey, now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper. The absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who me? I emerge from the crack smoke. In the hearts of those who grind with O's, they feel my pain. They at my show. That's why I got this glass pot and this triple beam. I tell them money talk like Charlie Sheen. These are more than words. This is more than rap. This is the streets, and I am the trap. Standing ovation. Standing ovation. These are more than words. This is more than rap. This is the streets, and I am the trap.
states of existence and states of being. So Jesus told us to stop looking for heaven in the sky. He said the kingdom of heaven is within you. And that we are the temples of the living God. That the living God lives in our temple and he does not inhabit the sky, but he inhabits the higher realms of the heavens, of the realm of the secret innermost chamber of the subconscious chamber of the soul of man and woman, and this power bursts forth and emanates forth from him to set in motion a universal order based on principle and law. All of this set in motion by a divine power and a divine force that never dies. It's constant. It just changes forms. God is in man. Can't be in any man. He's got to be in the original man. Because if God is the first and everything comes from him, then he can't wait for anything else. He brings everything else into existence. There could be no white man if there were no black man. It is biologically and genetically impossible for the recessive white man to produce the dominant yellow baby. Biologically and genetically impossible for the recessive yellow man and woman to produce the dominant brown baby. Biologically and genetically impossible for the recessive brown man and woman to produce the dominant black baby. But that black man and his woman, the father and the mother of it all, can produce black, can produce brown, can produce red, can produce yellow. And if the seed runs wild or mutates in the womb of the black woman, can even produce an albino, something which is whiter than white, 180 degrees in either direction. And I know a lot of people misunderstood it, so I want you to be able to say it. Um, I think it was Details Magazine, you talked about, you used the word God, and that's what messed everybody up. But you said you, something to the effect, you were a self-made God. Explain it. Um, I made up my mind to make a change in my life when I was 16 years old. We are all gods on this planet, every man and every woman. We create life, we can take life. We control what goes into the sea, whether the fish can live or not. We decide if the trees can grow tall. We decide if the children will eat. We are very powerful beings on the planet Earth. And when I said a self-made God, I meant just what I said. Barry White changed his life. Mm -hmm. So you're right. Yeah. And people criticize the statement? No, not to my knowledge. It's the first yeah. time I'm hearing about it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, people tend to play down our power. Mm-hmm. Well, don't worry about it. This next guy do it, or let's ask God above to do it. There's a lot of things that has to change on this planet Earth that only we can change. Yeah. And until we embrace the fact that we are as powerful uh, as we are as beings, we're going to continue to make the mistakes and allow the mistakes to be made from our children 
to our adults, to our elderly, to whatever situation you want to talk about. Okay, we, we got to run to a quick commercial, and they're going to do a cut from the album, and we're waiting for an Isaac Hayes album soon. You sure can invite him. Right. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> Does it depress you, Commissioner, to know just how alone you really are? Does it make you feel responsible for Harvey Dent's current predicament? Where is he? What's the time? What difference does that make? Well, depending on the time, he may be in one spot or several. If we're going to play games... Mm. I'm going to need a cup of coffee. Ah, the good cop, bad cop routine? Not exactly. start with the head. The victim gets all fuzzy. He can't feel the neck. See? You wanted me. Here I am. I wanted to see what you'd do. And you didn't disappoint. You let five people die. Then, you let Dent take your place. Even to a guy like me, that's cold. Where's Dent? Those mob fools want you gone so they can get back to the way things were. But I know the truth. There's no going back. You've changed things. Forever. Then why do you want to kill me? <laughs> I don't, don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, no. No. No, you. You complete. Me. You're garbage. You kills for money. Don't talk like one of them. You're not. Even if you'd like to be. To them, you're just a freak. Like me. They need you right now. But when they don't, they'll cast you out. Like a leper. See, their morals, their code. It's a bad joke. You've dropped first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. See, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. Where's you? have all these rules, and you think they'll save you. Then that's the rule you'll have to break to know the truth. Which is? The only sensible way to live in this world is without rules. And tonight you're gonna break your one rule. I'm considering it. No, there's only minutes left, so you're gonna have to play my little game if you want to save one of them. Yeah? You know, for a while there, I thought you really were a dent. The way you threw yourself after her. <laughs> Does Harvey know about you and his little bunny? Where are they? Killing is making a choice. Where are they? Choose between one life or the other. 
your friend, the district attorney, or his blushing bride to be. <laughs> <sighs> Nothing to threaten me with. Nothing to do with all of your strength. <laughs> Don't worry. All right, all right, all right. Uh, peace of God, we back. Man, I'm trying to figure out what's going on tonight, man. Um, <laughs> don't have that many people on tonight. Not we got a lot of people on, but not as many as we normally do. But it's for it to be such an important topic. Anyways, we're going to go to the call line, uh, 904-412, on line. 904-412. Going once, going twice, 904-412. All right, you out of here. 310-403. Yo, peace. Peace. Seven. Chill, chill, chill. Good with you. Ah, shit, I can't call it. It's all good. How are you? Right. Doing great. Wonderful, magnificent, and great. Good. Oh, oh, good to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was listening, and uh, it just popped in my head. I was thinking about it. I was like... Well, how could a how could a deceased entity ever claim his nationality? You know, so that got me thinking about you know how you can claim your nationality once you start operating through that trust. Uh huh. If you well, but, but that's the whole but, but, but that's the whole reason why you have a spiritual name and you operate like that because technically that name was always Silvermore too. It was always a dead entity. Yep. But you became alive. Well, when you went when you went back under your mother and your father. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm ready. I can take yeah. Get him to recognize that in the, in the system. Well, the thing is, is it's not a matter of getting them to recognize it. You know, a, a, a government can never give you nationality. They can only agree with it. Like a nigga sign a piece of paper and say he a U.S. citizen. All they could do is agree with that shit. Mm, true. Or or not agree with it. And most times it's to their benefit to agree. If you say I'm a U.S. citizen, they'll agree with that shit. Like, yep, that nigga's a U.S. citizen. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, because I know, uh, I remember when I was doing my passport. Uh, um, and I had got consultations with Jonah directly on that. I went in and uh, I went directly to, you know, I, I kind of messed up. I went into the passport agency in D.C. because I'm right over here. And uh, they wasn't having it. They weren't trying to do anything. Like they didn't they didn't care about what the law said, what, you know, reading the actual form, crossing stuff out, all that. They They didn't want to hear it. And uh, it wasn't until I actually wrote to the Secretary of State that all of a sudden, you know, boom, they hit me with the email like, yeah, we're processing it. You're about to get your passport. Yeah, 
Yeah, because see, the, the thing a lot of people don't understand, man, especially with the passport, is um, you know you're dealing with the consular. It's a court process. So the people in the passport office are only educated to deal with U.S. citizens. So when you send things in, like explanatory statements, and you go uh, further than what most people actually go, your shit goes to the law and legal office, which actually is in the same place where you authenticate the birth certificate. And this is the reason why if you present an authenticated birth certificate, they ask you to identify yourself. Mm. Because because that's where they pulled your ass out. That they don't get it. You know, that that actually was pulling people out that actually pulls you out of your status as a US citizen, uh, formally. But then you become stateless. So it's a bunch of niggas who done done the birth certificate authentication but have never actually taken it a step further. And so they're considered stateless. There's a lot of stateless people walking around right now. Refugees, if you will. Remember, most refugees have never even left home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I was one of those people, and it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where I don't, just the way I'm moving and everything, I don't ever get pulled over like that. But the one time I did, way back and the only thing I had done at that time was the birth certificate this was like years ago mm-hmm. and uh, they pulled me over for going like, I was going over 20 miles an hour and, uh, and I seen them I seen them giving people tickets they were pulling people over non-stop like right in that same spot and uh, dude came back to the car and was like yeah I'm gonna just let you off with a warning mm-hmm. because there's nothing they can do you're not, in their, you're not technically in their jurisdiction and that's yeah. why, you know, I, I brought up the whole issue about uh, license plates and, and driver's license, IDP, all that shit. All that shit's out of the, you know, depending upon how how and who you register with. It might not even be in any jurisdiction for them to even tag the car to, to give you a, um, a ticket for the car, you know. Because it's a lot of niggas that, that run around here with their own plates and shit on their shit. But they don't understand international law. You know, they're still technically U.S. citizens. That's why you... Like, you remember that chick, Corinne Bailey, or whatever the fuck her name was, right? And she got killed in her house. But before she got killed in her house, she was posting videos of how the cops was fucking with her in her car and shit like that. People wasn't understanding why, you know, she was getting harassed. And then a couple years later, you got that black dude who, who got pulled over, that old black man up in Philly. He was yelling out of his truck with his flag and shit. And he left him alone. Because he had his flag Yeah. There. You know what I mean? So, how do you... And the funny thing is, is the flag can be on the vessel. So, how you move about with that flag is important, too. Right, and, and if right. you're your own entity, you should be trading your own flag. Yeah, yeah, and that's when you get in the whole maritime and all that and flying your flag on your ship mm-hmm. and all that. Yes. Yeah, yeah and, that's where, and that's I was where going, you start. I actually was... Yo, this is, bro, you're right. It's maritime. I was going to read the law of the flag tonight. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you just said something. Matter of fact, I'm going to pull it up because I got it right pulled up. I'm going to read it. So, on, on the law of the flag, right, and especially when you're talking about that, right, that is, that's an international maritime principle when we talk talking about the flag. 
who you flying under, right? Um, so let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Here it is. So the flag should never be carried. Oh, that's the wrong one. Let's go for the right one. Law of the flag. Just a second. Let me pull it up. So principle of maritime and international law that the sailors and vessels will be subject to the laws of the state, a.k.a. the country, corresponding to the flag flown on the vessel. The flag's jurisdiction is not an exclusive is not exclusive when the ship is in port or in or internal waters of another state. Uh, so, I mean, it's really important to have your own flag. Hell, see, you gotta even have your own seal. Yeah, yeah. I was talking with the brothers today about uh, asking who got their seal back already. The embosser for the mm-hmm. seal. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've had my seal um, for years. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, and uh, another thing I was uh, it just popped in my head. I was just talking with some people about a few weeks ago. Was uh, if you look up the definition of more, that one of the definitions, you know, is land and everything. But it's also, you know, you more you more your vessel, more your boat is tying it to land. So when you, when you, so are you really, a, you know, to be a more like you more your your vessel to the land. Going back to the common law. Exactly. That's why, even with your vehicle, if you registering your car into their jurisdiction, you, you are ceding to them. You becoming a domestic sovereign. Sovereign citizen, yeah. Yep, domestic sovereignty. You gotta be so careful how you move out here. And, and understand the principles of law. That's what all this shit comes down to. International law, maritime law, civil law, constitutional law, treaty law. Mm-hmm. You name it. Yep. 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 You got it. Anything else you want to add, bro? No, that's all I had to add, man. Okay, God. Appreciate you calling. All right. Yep. All right, peace, God. Okay, peace. All right, we're going to go on overtime a little bit, so if you want to call in, this would be a good time. 610-983. Peace to the God, Joe. How you doing, my brother? What's up, bro? I'm good, bro. How you doing? Peace to God. I'm doing wonderful, magnificent, and great, my brother. And I'm so happy and grateful that large sums of money and perfect health flow to me and you and everybody on the line. Thank you, God. Absolutely. And I bid the same to you. Thank you, God. Yeah, absolutely. topic, man. Important topic tonight. <laughs> Thank you, brother. There it is. Yeah, man, I, and I, I thanks for coming for coming across. I took great notes, man, and I'm looking forward to going over them and putting it all together because this is a topic that I've been studying, you know, from the first time that y'all dropped this stuff, but I never pulled the trigger because I went the court route and they didn't have jurisdiction. So then, um, yeah, they told you that they didn't have jurisdiction, work. right? With the with the birth certificate, right? And they even yeah. lied to you there because I found I found a public record about a year or so ago that said that any court of record with a clerk of court uh, could has the power to uh, uh, naturalize you. 
So if they have the power to naturalize you, you also have the power to expatriate. That's 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 what I, I well I was using the record from them. Uh, sure, the Constitution has stated that you could, uh, but it's, it's that you can't use the Constitution. So they not. Mm-hmm. Well, well, they try to tell you to use 1481 USC, um, and they tell you that it's a federal matter, right? right? But they skip right over the fact that they get their power. Their power is derived because they, because of the type of court they are, they're Article 1. So they yeah. technically are 14th Amendment courts. Yeah. So if you can it's naturalize somebody and make them a U.S. citizen, you damn sure can take it away. Or acknowledge the fact that that person expatriated Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was real interesting because um, there was this, there was that way. You going through the courts and then there was you, you can get your passport. And I think that's yeah. what you were speaking on tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, thing about the passport, um, that's really interesting. Is the the reason why you get because people say, well, why are you still getting the U.S. passport? But it's, it's not a U.S. passport, right? Um, and they have that delineation shit where they put everything into the biometric chip now. So all your information is stored on a chip. But because you are what they quote unquote consider a protected person under the treaty, they sit in the seat of the original consulate here of the Moroccan Empire. So they actually have a duty uh, when you come back under their laws and shit like that of the empire to give you a correct passport. They know who, they know who, they know who everybody is. You know, I keep telling them, they, they, sent me a, they sent me a letter and told me straight up, like, hey, you know, uh, you know, we, we, we corrected your status based off of what you sent us. Yeah, Joey, yeah, you tell me it's silly. Yeah. <laughs> No, and, and didn't, didn't, didn't nobody sign it? Wasn't no laws on it? I can go look it up. I ain't never seen nobody else with the shit. You know? <laughs> but I helped other people do the same process, and they didn't get no stink like I did. They just went right through, which told me that my process was correct. Right? I kind of mm-hmm. like laid some foundational work there. Not, I ain't even cooting no horns. I'm just saying, you know, they put me through the ringer so other niggas could live. Yeah. Yeah, and trailblazing. Trailblazing. Yeah, but it's cool though because it's niggas that laid the trail for the for the bus kids before I even got to it, you know? So I mean that that that, that whole process of nationality is so um tactical in terms of how you do things. Like because they'll straight up be like, nigga, we ain't got no we ain't got no jurisdiction over this and lie to your ass. They did. They did. They did. And Jonah yeah, told me they just did. To put you out. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So man, I just did the, the trust, and then now here we here we back off. Here we are again. Yeah. So yeah, I got a consultation yeah. with you for the next step with that, and then um after I get through with that, then I, I I'm going to revisit this. Nice. Where's your consultation? You know, because I think I saw I think I saw a couple come in. Mm-hmm. 
Niggas want these Federal Reserve notes so bad. They can have that shit. Now, of course, we we need them to operate and do, you know, live your life and do commerce and shit. But, nigga, this information is not to get, just go get paid. First thing a nigga asked me, well, uh, can, you know, uh, uh, how do I get that money out of the birth certificate? Nigga, don't ask me no stupid shit like that. You know? Like, <laughs> like straight up. Like, how nigga ask me this yesterday? Like, well, come on, bro. That's some stupid shit. What have you done to free yourself on any other level? You just want to get some money. These niggas say, well, y'all called the Social Security Administration. What? And, and I tried to see if they, gonna, if they just give me my money back without paying in and one lump sum. But why, why would they do that? Nigga, have, first of all, have you reached 65 yet? For them to even pay out that money according to the contract. And second of all, what have you done to receive all of that money? You ain't got no trust at all. You ain't, you ain't been to equity court. You ain't you ain't come up out your US citizenship. You have a trust relationship. See that that shows you the 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 level of knowledge, you know what I mean? That shows the level of knowledge. Well uh hmm? well when niggas start letting money rule um, you know, the their ability to to, to, to do proper commerce Like commerce is a lot more Than a green piece of paper You know So you know When, when, when your freedom is based on money You, make, you don't deserve to be free Keep it real That's, that's true That's 100% you correct You deserve to be in a slave system They sleep Yeah <laughs> But you, you can't, can't tell everybody that man no, you can't tell everybody that. Real sovereigns use gold, silver. They writing, they're, they're writing bonds. They're doing real sovereign shit. Yeah. They ain't yeah. even, think, they ain't even thinking about using that fucking dirty ass paper. Nigga, exactly. the real sovereigns don't even want you using their paper no more. Why do you think there's a coin shortage? They're like, uh, ain't exactly. tired of using that shit. It's time to switch up. Let's do some digital shit now. We'll, we'll just keep the point. Yeah, you remember that movie with? That's the template back in the day where uh, uh, everybody lived off of points. And when you ran out of points, you died. I think I know what you're talking about. You uh, yeah, it was a Justin Timberlake movie. You know. Okay. Okay, I, I, I have to go, go back and look at that movie I, again. Okay. Okay, because I, I know I, I've probably seen it, man. I know I've probably seen it. Uh, yeah, man. It these just niggas lived off of my points. head. You know. But that, I mean, but then in that, like, if if you're a sci-fi uh, junkie or even know anything about it, isn't that how uh, Star Trek or even like Star Wars and all these different, you know, entities actually live? Yeah, it, it, it was a credit system. And the movie, the movie was called In Time. In time. And it was, okay. uh, yeah, it was a feature where time is money. And the wealthy can live forever because it was about time. So, 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 like you could go work for like an hour, and it gives you eight hours of time on your life. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, I gotta see that shit. Uh, It's not off the top Mm -hmm. of my head. If I haven't seen it, I'm about to get seen it. Okay. But you're right. It is sci-fi shit. It's exactly that's exactly what it is. I mean. 
you know, I, you may, if you think if you know anything about um, what is it, uh, Star Trek, right? Yeah, I, I yeah. posted this a while a while back. What did John Luke Picard? What did he say? Do you remember? Um, which part? Are you talking about an intro, like when he's uh, doing his little nah, monologue yeah, he had a quote, and, and his quote was that we no longer live for money; we live to uplift humanity. Hmm. Okay, we've yeah. already acquired all of the riches. Yeah, what do you know? You got to think about this, right? Because they write this in the Bible and everything else. But what does the Really benefit a man to gain the world But lose his soul at the same time yeah, That's true You hear that all the time But nobody really sits down and thinks about You know The significance of the other words you're using You know what I mean? Yeah Because like, this that's actually ask a Donald really the day, uh, profound statement mm-hmm, It is Let's just kind of ask Donald the day just, well, So what about Tony King Did, did he get to the insecurity? I and Jonah says, well, he, he went million or whatever, right? And my thing is, yeah. okay, <laughs> this nigga may have gained the world when it comes to being able to have a have access to capital at any point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, nigga, you lost your soul, nigga, to, to a corporate body. And yeah. I'll say that. Don't nobody else say I'm going to say this shit. You know, because it's some bullshit. So, I mean, we have to really look at what we're doing, but, you know, and, and the benefit that's it outweigh the outcome in the long run of any of this information. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't get into this money. You know, in all honesty, well, you already know. You already know I told you, man. Like, uh, I did. That's, that's how I started off. But you know what? It, well, once you start acquiring things, you realize that it's it's easy to get. So I mean, why make your life about that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a hundred percent, bro. I, listen, I I like material shit like the next person, but I got them gonna tell you like this. Once you got it, you, you give it a couple weeks to see if the thrill don't go away. <laughs> Busy be ready for something yeah. else. You know. That's true. You can only drive one car at a time. You can only wear one pair of pants at a time. You can only sleep in one bed at a time, one house at a time. You know, you can only live with one woman at a time. You can have two, but, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, you got to think about this type of shit, man. It's like in the long run of things. Like you can only do one thing at a time. Yeah. So once... Once the thrillers don't like to me, that's why I, you know, and I'm I'm just bringing this shit up right now because this information is gonna feed nations, like you know, absolutely. Whether yeah. you know, it can start with me and everybody on the line go teach somebody else who will teach somebody else who will teach somebody else. Yep. What the fuck is me buying a new car do for somebody? <sighs> I don't. I don't well, yeah, get you wrong. I'll be the first thing to tell you, nigga, go get your new car. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, why not? But, but what does that do yeah, for yeah. you, for your freedom? If you got a 
Italian <laughs> with the state. If 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 you got to be encumbered under their laws, if you know what I'm saying, like it don't make no fucking sense. Yeah. So freedom is really the first goal in all of this. Yeah. Yeah, cause. I mean, how do you expect to get free if you're still using that shit? Thank you. Like, that's what we, uh, my uh, point uh, system. Exactly. Like, like somebody reminded me, uh, um, they played a clip for me. Uh, it said that, how do you expect to, 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 and you might have even played it, but, but it was, uh, I was, I was, I was having a consultation with somebody. They, they. Uh, played this clip and it said, "How do you expect to uh, change a nation when you're still getting a check from the, from the white man or you know from some other man except you're beside yourself?" Mm-hmm. Now, how is it that you can't pay yourself and feed your own family? Somebody else is providing for you. How do you expect to get respect? Mm-hmm. Yo, real talk. Real you talk. can't get respect in your own house. Uh, based usually based on that because you you have some issues, you know. Well, man, I know niggas in their house who don't get respect for their women and, and they're running their own shit. So you definitely ain't gonna get no respect from a woman or anybody else when you working for the white man or for another man. You, and you're not you're not using your time on this planet to create something. Yeah, that's 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 why it, man. One hundred percent correct. Straight up. Yeah, man. I mean, we 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 are literally here to grow, to create. Niggas get stagnant, yeah. work or die for twenty years. But let me tell you something. Because they get I don't used to it. Listen, bro. I I'm 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 okay with you know a nigga working a job to you know um, in the beginning to grow and push yourself to the next level, but at a certain point in time, you gotta be like, alright, it's time for me to start creating this motherfucker. It's time for me to be a god. Yeah. You you, you gotta set, uh, uh, it's not just goals for yourself, but it's like, you have to kind of like cut yourself off from that that, that umbilical cord, or, you know what I'm saying? You have to just hit that hit that button, just kind of let go for a second. You know what I mean? Yep, because exactly. if you if, you know, even if you fail, you can always go back and get another job. It's it's not difficult, right? You put Man, in the application, you monetize your shit. <laughs> Same here, more than my age, and that's that's too many. You know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, <laughs> hey, on, like I said, it's easy to go bro, get every, a job. I got I got to think about it every, and here's the crazy part: every single job that I ever got fired from. It was a woman that fired me. Every single job. Oh, shit. Come on, man. <laughs> man I got fired oh, from jobs. And, and, until I, until I said, fuck this, I will never let somebody control my destiny. And ain't nothing against my women, but I'm not letting a man or a woman control my destiny. I'm going to control my own fucking destiny. I mean, you're the only whether one that really in, can. You have to make those choices. Yeah. Listen, man, whether it's in uh, a, a job, a relationship, uh, a, a business situation, whatever, you control your shit. 
your freedom. That's why that's why we're talking about this shit tonight. The government don't tell you that you can't be free. They don't tell you that you can't do nationality. They not fucking arresting niggas for doing their nationality. Nah. They arresting niggas for, 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 for being a US citizen. Exactly. That's you, 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 I keep you violated the code. Exactly. It's hard to explain to somebody who don't understand that though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like mm-hmm. they're they're deaf, you know, blind, dumb, just like you know, it's 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 crazy, man, you know. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Speak no evil, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a, and I told this to niggas a long time ago, there's statues over the courthouse, civil court here. And they got the statue and it's a, it's a man holding holding his hands over his eyes. He's got his tie in his mouth. Or excuse me, he's got his shoe in his mouth. And he's got he's got his so no, he's got his tie tied around his eyes. He's got his hands over his ears and he's got his shoe in his mouth. See no evil, hear no mm-hmm. evil, speak no evil. Exactly. We, we can we control yeah. it, not you. Exactly. Exactly. So whatever you say yeah. will be held against you in a court of law. Yes. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. 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 It's, it's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, man. Like, but yeah, this this is definitely one for the books. But you got to go back and sit with some of this oh, info yeah. and, and just digest it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, because like I said, this is actually on. helping me with my project, huh? Absolutely. Um, I actually didn't realize how significant it was until you um, you hit one of those. I, I forget what you're reading. It, I think it was like a law or something. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I literally have to go because I don't remember the shit. I didn't write it down. You know what I mean? So uh, that's all right. We'll go back and listen I mean, to it. But I mean, you know, this is all. This, that's what I'm saying. All this shit comes into play. So you know, when I get niggas to hop on and drop off, I, I be like, you know, I hope you go back and listen. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't bother me. I got the info. I understand it, but <laughs> yeah, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? But hey, everybody ain't meant for it. But those who are, no, I keep, keep doing your due diligence. Yeah, so I get passionate about it because you know I, I legit want people to get it, have the aha moments, you know, to grow with the info. Yeah. Somebody called me today. Asked me about something I saw five, six years ago. You know, I'm like, yeah, that was six years ago. Someone said, you listen to the shows now? Oh, no, I ain't listening to no recent shows. It's been a, it, it, what? I ain't listening to no shows in over a year. So why are you calling me? <laughs> <laughs> Have you done any of the processes? No, I ain't done no processes yet. But, you know, I just I just wanted to holler at you. Then we don't need to talk. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, what business do we have after that? Yeah, and you know, normally it'd be harsh to niggas, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm not a rude person at all, so I ain't gonna be harsh to niggas. But you know, when yeah. there's a plethora of information out there, you have to go back and do your study. And, you know, niggas be trying to catch up. <laughs> we, 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 nigga, the train done been five years down the road. <laughs> yeah, that stop is gonna be endless, man. Cause you gonna, I mean, you, it's what it's back where it started at. Obviously, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's already mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. I'm so. still teaching cats how to authenticate back because it's fifty years later. It is what it is. You know, so everybody yeah. gonna start where they start. 
Yeah, but when you start and you fall off for a year and you pick it up and then you start and you fall off again, this ain't for you. This is for yeah, you're right. Who live this shit and breathe this shit every single day? Who 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 made a point to say I'm going to change my life and I'm going to use this to better other people's lives and lives. That's who this is for. That's that them your leaders are leaders right there. Yeah. I mean, if you if you hold information to yourself, you ain't ready for that. You know what I'm saying? You're not ready for the rest of it. Because again, I mean, yeah, you. you I mean, but you have to be careful who you're dealing with. But besides all of that, right? Set all that shit to the side. If you're not willing to help somebody else, then you're not ready. That's just how it is. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, exactly. You you got to be willing. To see, and that's the thing about this info though is. It does require a level of selflessness. I mean, nigga asked me, like, man, why do you have so much info? For what? Why not? I got, I got, a, I got a wealth of info. I got so much info I have never given out. I can afford to give some of this shit out. So, you know, and some of this shit, I'll give it out, and niggas still won't get it, and they still won't study it. So just, you know, it's a thing to do. So it's got to be more than a thing to do for you. Yeah, I don't do and, this and, shit to be cool. It's gotta be more than a personal game. Yeah, bro, straight up, straight up. My freedom is, is everything, you know. And and, and, then, and then after that, we can get to some money, health, free freedom, and then wealth. And it's in that order. Absolutely, that's real. That's real. You know. Uh, we can talk about I mean, commerce. If you're not, that's why I do the entrepreneur show. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's specifically for commerce. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you're not, no, if you if, if you're not healthy, you can't think right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, people. I, listen, I didn't even do an entrepreneur show yesterday because I noticed that you know people I'm are not. listening, but they they're not listening like they should be listening. You know, and mm. so you know, my thing is wow. Uh, I'll keep doing the shows, but but why do I need to give out my energy to niggas who ain't who ain't really receiving? Niggas sit back, don't ask questions. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on, man. I, I I figured it out. So you know, you can work a job or you can figure this shit out, and that's what I say. The, the freedom should always come first. Niggas oh, yeah, got, yeah. We can ready to go through another election. Niggas are still voting. What are you voting for? <laughs> yeah, why are you voting? Does it matter? Does it matter? Does it really matter though? That's yeah, why. Does it really matter? Exactly. Why? Why are you voting? Do you have a reason to vote? I mean, are you? You think Joe Biden is better than than fucking Trump? You think Trump's better than Joe Biden? As if they're not part of the same fucking group? <laughs> That's the same motherfuckers driving with their mask on. <laughs> oh, man, it's a game. It's a game. It's a it's a political game to these people. I choose not to play games. You know, as 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 my guy used to say, I don't participate in public controversies. What's that? What's that? So, yeah, man. Anyways, God, I appreciate you calling, man. You know, good oh, chatting with most you. Most that, man. Absolutely. Hey, it's great information, man. Uh, you. you know, I'll be back here. Absolutely. We'll talk. All right. Most of guys. Peace. Man. All right. Peace, y'all.
go to um go to three one three five eight six on the line. What's up, Joy? Peace to the God, man. What's up, bro? Peace to the God. How you living? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm a, I'm a newbie, good. man. That's funny you said something about the birth certificate. I've just been listening, just soaking it up. I'm starting to understand it now. But I do got a, mm-hmm. a newbie question, if I can ask. It's all good. Yeah, of course you can ask. Yeah. The, the birth certificate. It's <laughs> all <laughs> so good. I was just listening like that. He gonna pick me up. But fuck it, I gotta nah, get it off. <laughs> yeah, but the Where birth certificate. From? I just uh, uh Michigan. Okay. Yeah, Michigan. Yeah. Um. Okay. I just authenticated it, but uh, I want to know: Do you take the uh affidavit, the register, or you take both of them down there and put it on file? So, are right. you authenticated all the way up to the federal level? Yeah. Yeah, so put the affidavit of ownership on top. Make sure that it's notarized separately. You put it mm-hmm. on top, and then you can take it down to the county. Uh, and when you take it down to the county, you register it into the. You need to register it into your trust, or you put it right into the county file, the recorder of deeds. And when you record mm-hmm. it in there, you basically, you're basically going to um, put the affidavit on top. Okay. So, so, so the 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 affidavit of ownership goes on top of the birth certificate when you file it with the county. Oh, okay. And then they give it right back, right there. Yeah, they're gonna run it through their system. They're gonna run it through their little micro thing, make a copy of it. Mm-hmm. Then um, they'll give you normally what they do like here when you put something in the recorder of these office, they run it through and then they'll they'll attach uh, a certificate on top of it. Mhm. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm going to pull the trigger. You got your trust set up. I do that for your trust too. Yeah, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to uh, start pulling the trigger on stuff. Now I just did the birth certificate, so you know, getting a little bread up. So I'm start. It's starting to make sense to me, man. So yeah, I'm getting ready. That's your certificate of naturalization. That's a that's a that's a first major step that a lot of people will do and then they'll stop. So I encourage you to mm-hmm. keep going. Don't stop. Keep studying. You know, keep digging into the info. You know, and a lot of people will ask me. They'll say, "Well, I don't know what to do next. Do what your spirit tell you you should do next." Mhm. Yeah, my spirit say, "Uh, injunction nine eight and trust." That's what my spirit telling me right now. Yeah. 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 That's where you at, and then and then maybe you jump to some commerce. You know, but I always say, mm-hmm. secure your freedom first, man. Work on that. And then jump to the conference mm-hmm. or or juggle and do both, you know. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. okay. So. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm very capable. Shit, learn the new way, how to they way. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, bro. Yeah, that, 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 that man, I appreciate you. No, I'm good right now, but I uh, I'll be on you though. Okay, Doc. All right. Be well. All right, thanks. Yeah. All right, bless. Uh, let's one more time. Four, 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 eight, four. You there? Four, four. I guess not. I need to sleep. All right, call lines is open. If y'all want to holler at me? If not, y'all know what time it is. Go to uh, makemorecommerce.com if you want to register for the Miami seminar. 
Uh, if you need to get any products or consultations, I'm over there. I got a lot of people I'm doing stuff for. So if I haven't got back with you yet on any or anything, just be patient with me. I'm going to get with you. Uh, I got so much shit going on, man. But I got y'all. Let's go to 111111. Peace to the God, Joey. How you doing? Good. Why you be calling it anonymous? I'm sorry. Why you calling anonymous? Why do what? Why do you um, call anonymous? Not necessarily am I calling anonymous. My phone ended up that way, so that's just the way it is. I don't hit no special oh, okay. key or nothing. When I was getting all those okay, so you calls, you dialing star sixty nine? No, no, it's like that with the um, Verizon. I was complaining okay. about getting those um, robocalls, and mm-hmm. they did something to it, so I just left it like that. So, oh well. Okay, <laughs> I see. I, I yeah. overstand. Nothing intentional. Nothing intentional. Anyway, you doing I good? Understand. So what's good? I'm well. Can't complain. Good. Perfect. Me too. And yourself? All as well. Just trying to stay. Yep. Just trying to stay healthy and keep moving in the right direction. <laughs> good. Um, good. I'm glad to hear that. What's good? Yep. Um. So I had questions. I think it wasn't my issue at the time, but I think you went over it or somebody asked about it. But anyway, I'm gonna ask again because I don't remember the show. If I would did, I would go back. But um. I was trying to help someone get their 9-8. Of course, I know mm-hmm. they've changed the whole way. You know, we do it because we did it first, like years ago. So they're giving um, people a hard time with the, when they say what type of entity. And you say trust. And then they say, are you the grantor? And then they ask you for yeah. the social. So what... Um, well. Well, the thing is, is that when they ask you for a social, you tell them you don't have a social. A grantor can be anywhere around the world. Tell them you don't have a social. Mm -hmm. And then if they still give you problems, you keep the hell off the phone and call back. Right. I had a brother who did it last week. He just kept calling back till he got it. Yeah. Yeah. So what they're saying is, well, if you're you're the grantor, you should have a a TIN number or social. Um, That's not true. And then they'll say... I know. We know that, but I'm saying this is their tactic now because I guess she said, um, I said, so why, I don't have a social and um, I'm, I'm foreign. She said, well, then why do you need a foreign number if you're not doing well? The question was, if you're going to do business in the States, in the United States. And I said, well, not at the moment. Well, you don't need a number then. So I'm like, well, how are you going to tell me when I'm going to do business or when I need a number? You know what I mean? Like she's so uh-huh. she's like, well, we're trying to prevent people from um, doing fraud or getting a $10,000 fee. So I'm like, what? <laughs> so they went, like, in this whole left-field direction. So they won't let you get past the grantor part. Well, so I was just trying to – you non-grantor part. I mean, but, but the thing is, is that it's not illegal. I've, and I have went over this before. It's not illegal to have um, right. a trustee with a – a trustee with um, – Social. That's just a domestic trustee. Right. Exactly. And that's yeah. not what we're trying to accomplish. So I don't want to give them anything. Yeah, domestic you have to, to just tie, keep calling you know. back in. I mean, listen. These people play a lot of games. Just like the lady tried to tell me oh, one yeah. time that that they they're investigating any trust with the word elevating. 
That's bullshit. Right. These people play a lot of games. The IRS, mm-hmm. the IRS is shooting mm-hmm. off. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, you can tell they were on. They've been. They've been. You could tell they've been discussing it in their back room because she was like, "Well, these are the questions course. I need to ask you." I was <laughs> like, "Whoa, okay." Mm-hmm. I mean, they come in right. hard. Well, because some of them, some of them are more hip than others. But when you get somebody that's a hard ass like that, I get the hell off the phone and I wait till the end of the day and call back in. Right. Yeah, we try, try. No. We, not that we're gonna give up. I was just wondering. You know, did anybody else have that issue or do you know any other thing to do? So. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you hang up, get off the phone, call back in later, <laughs> deal with somebody else. Because right. there's no requirement. It's not even in their code that you need to have an ITIN or a social. They're just trying to force you to to, to, to say that you have one. So, so this way they can turn you down. You, right, exactly. What? Um, so the type of trust is what? When they say what type of trust is it? Because that's the question they're asking. Like, really well, technically, it's a foreign, it's a foreign trust. She said, "Okay, I know it's foreign, but what type of trust?" Okay, so she, what they're saying is, I know. Well, let me tell you what they're saying. Like, you know, we when Jonah taught us this, he taught it to us backwards. So we did the nine eight before we actually had a trust done. We that's we know right. that. So now. Technically, when you call in, you're supposed to have the trust done and get the nine eight. So she, they're saying the so they, what? But so they, what's on but your they paperwork? Don't know that no, I'm telling you, well, I know they don't. But yeah, what but they're they, doing they is they coercing you. Yeah, no, but they're saying mm. what's on your paperwork, and then you say, well, it's such a success trust. Like, okay, well, who's the grantor? And then she said, well, if you fax it in, well, I, I suggest, I recommend you fax it in. And then when you fax it in, we're going to need the trust documents. Um, no, but however, no, because the, however you were that's the and all that. I mean, that, was that like, trust is private. That trust is private. Right. And you can tell that, ma'am, that's a violation of our trust industry. <laughs> for, I know. For, for I was me tripping out. I was like, wow. Right. Ma'am, are you, asking me to, are you asking me to violate the, the protection of the trust? Right. You know, that's a, you know, oh, yeah. you, you know, ma'am, ma'am, I could be fine for that, and 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 you could be sued for that. You know, are you willing exactly. to take that liability? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, these people play those. Games. That's why I say when you get people like that, you gotta get off the phone with them. Okay, thank you. I, hang the fuck up. They, you know, here's the yeah. funny thing. They didn't got so small with the shit. Now these motherfuckers will look up the address that you get. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, you in, oh, right. Okay, so you in Taiwan? Oh, oh, what you doing? What yep. you doing at the Marriott? Uh huh. <laughs> why? Why oh, you they, actually, they definitely looking. They definitely looking at everything. Man, this lady put me on hold. She said, "Hold on a second, I'll be right back." Came back, talk about. Uh huh. So I looked up the address. <laughs> well, why are yep. you at that address? I said, "I said, ma'am, I'm allowed to be anywhere I want to be and establish a trust." Exactly. Said, are there rules to tell me where I can establish a trust at? If mm. I'm overseas, that's wow. where I'm at. Mm. Oh yeah, so These I'm saying those are the things that they're that, yeah, they, yeah, that's what they're doing now. They're really pushing, pushing. They're like, oh, hold on yeah. for a second, let me check on something. And then they go check all your mm. information that you give them, and then they come back mm. and they ask you like all these questions that's not on the FS4. Like, why are you asking that? Well, we can ask you whatever we want to. She said, just because you want to trust doesn't mean we need to, we have to give you one. I was like, whoa, um, okay, lady, um, okay, girl. <laughs> 
Right. It, well, this is well, how well, they well, talk to you now. I was like, well. Right, and that's why, and that's why I get off the phone with them when they get like that, because those are people who, who think that they know the law, that they, they know everything, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and somebody even put a stick up their ass over at the IRS, and told them don't you give them no no EIA number, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you, can't, you can't tell me I can't have a trust. Do you know right. what the trust law? Do you know what trust law is? Mm. They obviously oh, don't. Like, they just. So, they don't. They're just in the back door trying to stop everybody from, real. you know, they listen, already know what we're doing. Listen, to keep it real, you really don't even need an EIN for a foreign trust. That's just if you right. want to come into the United States and do business and have that entity create right. other entities to do business. But you technically right. don't even need a nine number. Right. There is exactly. no requirement. There's nothing in trust law that says you need a nine eight number. Right. So you could just actually set it up and just have your foreign trustee and file your documents accordingly and keep it moving, basically. Yeah. But in order to do, and then you could still set up other trust businesses and just, um, what, give it over to the trust or have the trust put a lien on that business or put it over in the 8832, even if you yeah, end up not so, getting a 9 So you could create, yeah, you could create a LLC, you can create all types of businesses, and then you do 8832 right. and give it over to the actual right. 98 trust. Right, right. Well, if, it's, if you don't have the 98 number, you still technically, it'll still technically but, be foreign, but, or you, you gotta actually have, have that? Well, well, it's still a foreign trust, whether it has a 98 number or not, but you can't because right, it's set up under common law, right? right? Yeah, but you can't create any kind of entity and then try to do ADA 32 and then say you're going to give it to that trust if that trust doesn't have an EIN. So that's why you want an EIN. It's so that your domestic entities are taxed um, what uh, they call yeah. it, uh, in this, uh, as, se- as a separate entity or whatever like that. As Not taxed as a separate entity. <laughs> Yeah. Entity classification. Yeah, so, so, I mean, reclassification. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So you want the entity to be basically oh. classified um, right. as, uh, as a foreign uh, entity that is the same as trust. Right. Okay. I got a, I got a, no. a document that goes over this stuff that I got from them where if anybody ever challenges you, you just give them the document, and, and you know, and it comes. It came from the IRS. Give them the document. Hey, look, I'm not. This business ain't responsible for for filing taxes because we've been disregarded as a separate entity. Right. We're not the same oh, entity. Okay. Uh, or excuse me, we're the same entity as the trust, essentially, mm. for the purposes of being taxed. Whether it's in the state, it's an LLC, it's a uh, um, uh, C Corp or S Corp don't matter. Mhm. Right. So the fact that they're doing all mm-hmm. of that just let us know. Let me know that there's definitely some power to it, and they don't want you to have it. Because any when have yeah. they ever gave you anything that meant well, something to you? You know what I mean? They're always gonna have to try to stop you if it's something that's gonna benefit you. And of not course, and and that's why that's why. <laughs> That's why they let you go online with no problem and get every other type right. of EIN. But this one, they want you to call in and they give you the hardest right. time. Right. You can, exactly. listen, you can create I... domestic tax exempt organizations online. And they even, after I taught the webinar on that shit, 
they changed that process up. Yep. It has yep. to be done differently <laughs> They now. sure did. Now, now they want, yep. yeah, because you used to be able to use the EIN from from the uh, tax exempt organization to other create interviews. other taxes. Yeah. 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 Ye
Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I was I was given one, but it's not mine. Right. It's not even mine. I didn't agree to it. Security card. Yeah, it tells you on the social security card that it's not your property. Right. So you want me to lie and say I never had one when that's not the truth. I had Mm. one, but it's not mine. Yeah. I guess we got to play with words um, too, right? (laughs) Yeah. They wordsmiths. These people ain't even (laughs) even fucking uh, adjudicators. So. Exactly. They just playing with words just to throw you off. Straight up. It's the Hunger Games. (laughs) Oh, definitely the Hunger Games. I see it now. Because, you know, when we first did it with with Jonah, when he first taught it, it was so easy to get Mm -hmm. 9-8. So, it was like, oh, okay. So, all right. So, where's your information? It wasn't no problem. Oh, it's in Taiwan. Oh, okay. Where is it on? Is Mm -hmm. it the trust? Yeah, I'm the trustee. Okay, what's your name? Okay, here's your number. I mean, they asked you like three questions. You got the numbers just like that. Boom. Yeah, it wasn't, now, it wasn't no problem back then. And, I, and I'm so glad he taught it to us yeah. that way. I, I really, really admire him for, for being able to see yeah. past, you know, what most of us couldn't see because, you know, we're 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 trying to, we're just hungry <laughs> for information and yeah, trying like to get to the yeah. end result. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we but, wasn't but that's really paying attention. A lot, a lot of, <laughs> look, a lot of people wasn't paying attention to the fact that, you know, I, I said this in 2018. You need to register a trust. You know, it wasn't yeah. until 2020 that niggas started taking heat. Like, oh, we, we, we got to register a trust. So we came out with a webinar and talked about it. I told niggas yes. two years ago. You know, I'm, go <laughs> exactly. You're so right. I listened to one of the shows popped up on the under hindsight, and it was Jonah's show, June 20th, 2018. And I was like in awe because I heard him actually talking about the wise trustee. Yeah, but I was like, shoot, what's this? like I'm reading from this, you guys, because Yeti, I mean, he verbatim said exactly what he was doing. And to this yeah, day, I'm thinking like, I, I, I don't remember him saying that. I'm I started, so dumb. I started a trust in Florida <laughs> back in 2018. I told, I told niggas in 2018, um, how yep. to do it in Florida. Yep. And we was reading wise <laughs> trustee back then. Yes, you sure were. Right, so what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're so right. And and basically, what you were talking about earlier about you know people just trying to get to the money, you know they're not trying mm-hmm. to get to freedom, you know, and that's that's too bad for them, you know. Oh, uh, that's if you got your freedom, you can always problem. get money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, and that's the biggest problem. Yeah, biggest but that's issue, when you don't you know, really overstand things and then that's also uh-huh. people that have been taught the uh secure party creditor process. They teach you, oh, uh-huh. you can get this money, you can get that money, you can pay your bills, you can discharge, you know, that's all they talk about. And they don't really uh-huh. talk about freedom within that um construct and they just talk about getting the money. Get to right. the money, get to the money. So right. most of the people yeah. that come over from secure party credit all they thinking about, okay, how I get the money. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, they don't know one the law, they don't know one nothing, you know. <laughs> And they want the money. So well, that's, but that's it, why a lot of that has to do with that. They take their thought too, and their mind yeah. over to let let me deal with real law, you know, versus exactly. Because I think they think the UCC is law. Never will exactly. mention a treaty or a constitution ever. State constitution right. at that. <laughs> exactly. So it's it's about relearning. You know, the people that want to relearn this information, they can, but they just gotta. Like Jonah was saying the other day, you gotta learn. You gotta do one teacher at a time. <laughs> if not, you're gonna be yes, you do. You're gonna be confused. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you, and that's saying, why, you, can't you, know, to, you can't go to two schools. You know, you can't be a doctor mm-mm. and a lawyer at the same time. You just can't do it. It's just too much. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, no way, I Jose. had a lot of teachers, man. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of different teachers, man, you know, but I mean, this, you know, it, it, it was not until um, I started really diving into shit outside of that secure party stuff years ago. And I said, okay, wait a minute, there's a lot more to this thing. Right. You know, because everybody starts with something, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I get that. Right, exactly. And I, and that's what I said too. And I and I you know, I'm try, I, you know, I'm patient with people that came from different school of thought. I'm like, hey, you know, just narrow it down to what you really you know, what you want to accomplish. Yeah, well, I had a cop there. Me one time. He says, oh, are you sovereign? I said, no, I ain't no sovereign. Do you want no sovereign? <laughs> I said, no, I'm private. <laughs> right? You know. That's a difference. You know. mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, there's levels to this shit. Oh, it's know. definitely levels. Definitely. You, you don't start out shooting, shooting, you know, shooting jumpers and making it every time. You know how to dribble the ball first. Absolutely. You know. <laughs> so... Absolutely. But um, but yeah, we we back out our time now, so I appreciate you calling. Okay, well, no problem, and appreciate you taking my call. Voice to hear from me, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try to make it All down. Right, I, I said as soon as I leave yeah, Miami, y'all come. Down. But see, I was already down there. Now I got in Atlanta. Now uh, I got to go back down there. But I probably go. No, I think I'm no. gonna, I'm gonna try to be there. Okay, it'll well, be go. good to see you. Yep, it'll be good to see y'all too. I'm glad Jonah's feeling better. Um, tell him I said, uh, you know, stay strong, keep doing what he's doing. No doubt. And no doubt. Be praying for him. <laughs> Wishing him health for him and his family. Absolutely, I definitely All right. get a message. All right. Okay. Peace. No problem. Talk to you later. All right. Bye bye. All right. Um, y'all gotta make more commerce dot com. Y'all get y'all tickets for the upcoming seminar. All right, it's going to be the 26th. Tickets on the website. Tickets at the door. They'd love to hire at the door. All right, Park Forward Trust Webinar is available. It's on the site. Uh, we got a lot of cool things going to be coming to y'all. So um, keep looking at the site. Looking for the updates. We'll be sending out some emails and stuff first of September for some new stuff we're going to be uh, offering to y'all. Um, shit, that's about it. Oh, we're on podcast. So make sure you download us on podcast. For the replay And uh, we out man That's about it I'll catch y'all on Friday Alright Alright peace to the gods You want to fight Let me in. Don't do me